Chekhov's office. I feel like this angle, I, I really show's got to need a tan. A tan? I, I'm glad we put the table here because it shows I need to lose a couple. <sighs> uh, you know, lighting, lighting. We, we don't have this lit for, uh, you know, our skin tones in here right now. Welcome, everybody. If you are watching on YouTube, then you are seeing us together. If you are listening to the podcast, it probably sounds the same that it always has sounded, except it's not the same because we are in the same place today. We are. We are. Uh, we're live. This is like uh, what a podcast would have been like before, I guess, podcast existed with the Internet, but before Zoom and some of the technology. Yeah. Right? How were people doing podcasts before the pandemic? I mean, we were doing one, I guess, over Zoom, but before like we were before, you know, 2016, what were people doing for podcasts? Yeah, I would say it was you had to be in person or you yeah. recorded on your own. It wasn't a lot of video. I would say video really got added to the to the space when you and i have been involved right i don't remember watching like bill simmons with charles barkley no. 012 bs report on video right <laughs> you know <laughs> we, we've just been part of the movement guy we've yeah. been part of the ground floor movement and we are this does feel just kind of like normal you know just like this is what normal people do right and most very old school <laughs> very old school john um you know the beauty of being at somebody else's house and it, this doesn't really matter so much anymore because now you just go to the bathroom at somebody's uh, house. You just pull out your cell phone and you do whatever it is that you're doing. But uh, it used to matter like what somebody had for reading material in their bathroom. So I went in the middle class bathroom and I pulled out <laughs> some reading material. I've got 730 alpha male quotes here. <laughs> I'll be completely honest. I'll be completely honest. I A girl bought that for me. I had a feeling it was a girl good. bought that for me. And, you know, it's... Yeah, you're right. I would say most bathrooms before the last five years, you know, were full of magazines or maybe a book or something. I I did not purchase that though. I I enjoy like I've actually had it in my pants for the last twenty <laughs> minutes, waiting to whip it out so it'll cough. But I thought we could read some quotes because I opened it up. Uh, here we go. Uh, quote: Fitness is not about being better than someone else. It's about being better than you used to be. See, Chloe Kardashian, <laughs> Alpha, <laughs> Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> Um, our food should be our medicine and our medicine should be our food. Hippocrates. Seems a little outdated. Uh, no, I don't ever give up. I'd have to be dead or completely incapacitated. Elon Musk. That's an alpha. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. This is pretty, see, this is new age. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have put Chloe in there probably, but if I am shot at, I want no man to be in the way of the bullet. Malcolm X. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, you, did you want to guess? I was going to say Snoop. But... Let me see if I can find one that somebody, would... oh, here we go. A gem cannot be polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. Low Neil. Lou Holtz. Close. <laughs> <laughs> that does. What's Lowe's quote? Uh, the diamond burst pipes and makes, uh, or no, pressure, pressure, pressure burst pipes or makes diamonds. Yeah. Uh, somewhere deep down, there's a decent man in me. He just can't be found. Eleanor Roosevelt. Good one. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead of her time, right? <laughs> she would have thrived in 21. It, to me, the, the the cover of the book, just alpha males. And that's Yeah. That's a good one. A good mustache makes a man for many reasons. C.S. Lewis. It's a good one. Yeah. Movember's right around the corner. I wish I could grow one. I would. Mm. I'm trying to find one more good one to finish, uh, finish here. A man is not finished when he is defeated. He is finished when he quits. Steven Spielberg. Okay. I was going to go MacArthur. 730. I, oh, by the way. Shout out to Xavier K. Furno, who 
had this idea to just make a book of things other people have said, no original content. Uh, I think a lot just of an accumulation of an, other people. An system. underrated part about do Barnes and Noble still exist? I think so. They, they've had to get hurt pretty bad, right, over the last decade. I would imagine an underrated part about a big, big bookstore. Obviously, there are a lot of, you know, firsthand people writing books. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be shocked how many shit like that accumulating other people's stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And like a mixtape, just... a greatest hits from, you know, uh, whatever records label comes out with like, our greatest hits is like 17 sweet artists. Like they just own all the content. You know, they're not really producing new shit. And you're like, oh, it's got eight songs that I love. Yeah. <laughs> and just sitting there on the for sales table right next to the line while you're Yeah, I mean, my, my mom spent a lot of times in Barnes and Nobles and she wasn't reading like C.S. Lewis, you know? So, uh the underrated part about the book it's why elon or not elon but uh, what's his name got involved in the beginning because he realized there was a lot of money in it uh bezos oh his, yeah just books uh ekbz on on uh, the youtube stream says looks like you guys are gearing up to bring ham pod to the radio row at the super bowl too bad the niners won't be there <laughs> no, they won't. where's the super bowl this year us uh, uh cronkies <laughs> maybe we could do radio row i mean we hate it but it doesn't mean we wouldn't do it it'll be there Something to keep something to think about. Maybe instead of radio. Well, uh, will it be there? I don't know. LA. Oh, you're saying it might not be at SoFi? No, I'm just saying, like, do you think they do it? I'm sure they try. I guess. Oh, I see what you're saying. Do it on Zoom. Hey, uh, don't forget, get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag. You go to iTunes. Uh, I'm looking at the monitor, but the camera's actually over there. You should see our setup. This is fantastic. Uh, get in the mailbag, leave us a review. Five stars. We'll have the mailbag out on Friday, although we're going to record it today since we're together already. And um, in that review, five stars, tell us your favorite bar to hang at. We always appreciate when you do that. Yep. Leave a review. Uh, what else was I supposed to say? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, the Jake Hayner. How about check out the Jake Hayner podcast? Oh, Jake Hayner. You know, no big deal. Just had on uh, QB you know, a future NFL player. He got a big game this weekend. Hmm. They're playing the Aztecs. Top 20 team. Uh, the Rusty Nail. The, the old oil can. The oil can game. You know, the thing in the Mountain West slash whack, they got a lot of weird names for the different games. What was the golden screwdriver? That's Hawaii. What's the San Jose State game? Silicon Valley Bowl or something? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Nothing <laughs> so online. it's like, you know, there's a rivalry, old school rivalry. These teams have played a lot's on the line here. And I expect Hayner to go in there. He just beat, you know, that Carson Strong, the Nevada's quarterback. He's like a legitimate, like, He's gonna get drafted in like I top know. ninety picks. I know because he's like six. He's tall. He's the six, way six, I was, yeah, I someone described by far the best deep thrower in this class, like big arm. Do you see his numbers against Fresno State? I just went to the box score a couple days ago. Like he threw for four hundred plus yards, threw four touchdowns. Like he was good in that game. I know they had they had a two point conversion to send it. Yeah, to I mean overtime. that guy's a big time player. Uh, me, yeah, same. And then uh, <laughs> Doc Fry. Well, know. I mean, I you know, I'm just standing for entertainment purposes. Yeah, anyway, for, so uh, yeah, check out Jake Hayner. Um, just as everyone said, very impressed. Yeah, you should be. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people. Yeah, high level guy. A lot of positive feedback from people that they love you. Even like Bulldog fan, Fresno State people. Not that you don't have to be a Fresno State fan to enjoy this interview. Because if you like college football, you've watched this guy. He's a fucking baller. Um, but he's just a smart guy. Good player. Interesting guy. Uh, you know, I think we appreciate people who... It hasn't come easy to. That's probably most people in life. It hasn't come easy no. to. Life isn't easy. Probably some alpha male quotes. Yep. Probably, there's probably some alpha male quotes from the uh, from the Jake Hanner. Jake Hanner should be in that alpha male quote book. Are you shocked? Because I'm not that it does feel like. I saw a bunch of people retweeting this. Is the Barstool Fresno State 
feels like by far the biggest barstool affiliate of all the California schools. I didn't know there were, are there other ones? The one thing I did, cause they started, I started the Cal, UCLA, Stanford and SC definitely don't have, I bet San Diego state has a good one. The one thing I started thinking was Chico prize. Not bad. I love talking to Jake. I, I hope that we didn't, that he didn't, or we didn't say anything that can be used against him. San Diego state fans, notorious for like finding out your, like girlfriend's phone number and just being ruthless. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in, in my history with the program though. I I feel like not many people go to their home games. That's true. But their students are, I think pretty, I think they have like a name. Okay. There's probably some San Diego state people listening and they could tell us, but cause if that game was at Fresno, it would be big. Yeah. I mean, it'd be sold out. This game's at Carson stadium. Oh yeah. You keep saying that. So actually there might be a lot of Fresno state people there. I'm sure there will be. So go check that out. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. It's over here. Yeah. You can't grab the big one. That's outdated uh, labeling. Uh, Tito's number one vodka in America. Uh, yeah. Tito's. Make yourself a Tito soda. Make yourself a John Daly. Make yourself, you know, whatever you want with Tito. A dirty martini. Uh, how about, you know, Friday morning? I know a lot of our listeners start doing weird shit on like Friday morning traveling. They'll be at a, you know, a, uh, airport bar. All of a sudden they'll have a, uh, a bloody Mary, put a little Tito's in there. And, uh, it's the number one vodka in America for a reason. Cause it's sweet. Six times distilled John in uh copper pots. Why? Because it's better that way. That's what Tito beverage knew. That's what Pete Tito beverage did. Uh, you guys keep sending us your pictures and, um, you know, we definitely appreciate when you do that. Tito's appreciates when you do that. For those of you who already know about Tito's, then um, when you found out that they were on the podcast, you probably thought, uh, wow, Abraham and Middlecoff, you guys are impressive. <laughs> if you didn't know, then you've probably tried it and enjoyed it. But um, either way, it's uh, it is. I mean, it's big league. It's about as big league as as it gets. So yeah. we're thrilled to have them. Um, and uh, there's a disclaimer that we always read at the end of this thing, but it's over here. Hold on. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Can you read that? What's your eyesight? Bad. It's getting forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. <clears throat> I, I was listening to uh, the subpar guys that do the interview with like a golfer every week. They had Bryson's new caddy on. Yeah, and he was saying he has terrible vision, and he's like, "Yeah, caddy for Bryson. I mean, that ball just fucking disappears." You know, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I can't. You know, I hit it probably two eighty to three hundred. I, I lose it after two hundred. You know what's yards. funny is like you, you, you like, can get. Vicinity. I wear contacts. You at least. Because you've played a lot of golf, I think you just know. I never know where the ball went. I always lose. Well, it. I can tell my ball flight. Yeah, so I kind of know. Get a, you can read that stuff. I but I can't see it. Like when I play, my brother who has LASIK will be like, "Oh, you're by the left tree that has the brown spot." But I yeah, some people just have better vision. Remember, yeah, Jameis got it. Now he's now he's balling. Well, not should really. we take him this week? Um, all right, let's see. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, where they will double your deposit up to $1,000. That initial deposit, when you use promo code HAM1, don't forget if you use the promo code and accept the bonus, you'd have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline funds, but either way, let them know that we sent you. You can decline the bonus. Let them know that we sent you. Um, that's that's what happens when you use HAM1. Let me, uh, let's see here. What do we want to do? Well, I know who I like. I, I, I've been eyeing this game all week. And then in the middle of the week, our guy Mike Tomlin lost his shit because he was not in the same category as Sean Payton and Andy Reid. He's playing the Brownies, who just have a bunch of injuries. It does feel, obviously, the Niners are having a worse season, but and the Browns made the playoffs last year and won a playoff game. 
against the, the Steelers. But the Browns had a, huge expectations. And I think if you looked at their roster, like, is this team going to win like 12 games? Bunch of injuries, right? Jarvis gets hurt. Baker's labrum's fucked up. Uh, Odell, weird deals. Like, do they even like him? They can't even trade him, though. Just weird. Chubb gets hurt. What's his name? Grabs his calf. Uh, Hunt. So they had a. Yeah. You see their running back last week? All these people were screenshotting, like people involved with the AAF. Three years ago, no one worked him out out of college. He He's from like South Florida. He was DMing people on AAF teams begging for a tryout, and then he ran for like 150 yards last week against the Broncos. But like you in Kyle's scheme, Stefanski scheme, McVay's scheme, like you can find running backs. But like I, I do coming off a bye, Pittsburgh plus three and a half in Cleveland. I, I I like Pittsburgh in the spot, man. I also like Pittsburgh. Tomlin's historically great underdog on the road. Yeah. Well, uh, they played two meaningful games last year. They also played Week 17. That was a Mason Rudolph game. But the early game they played last year, the Steelers blew them out. Then they played in the playoffs, and the Browns dominated. Sneaky comeback, though. Sneaky comeback. Uh, uh, you know that you could that could go either way. You could either say that it's evidence that the Browns are going to win, or you could say it's evidence that the Steelers are going to be pissed off. Um, I think the Steelers are pretty good. I think the Browns are pretty good. I think the Steelers are good on defense. I like Mike Tomlin, classic Tomlin game, like you said. And uh, it's the Steelers getting three and a half points. So I like that game. A couple other games, though, that I – so I'm, I'm good to lock that in. Let's just touch on a couple other games here just to go through. If you wanted to get greedy, I, we could parlay it. Niners minus four. It was three and a half. You said to me the other day, Do you, should we jump on it while it's three and a half? And I said, I don't know. Let's just wait. Now it's four. Um the Jets minus ten and a half, plus ten and a half, uh, plus ten and a half. Thank you. The Jets plus ten and a half. Um, I think is also a consideration against the Bengals. The Jets are at home. I, everyone's just shitting on the Jets. Mike White is starting a quarterback for the Jets. John, um, African American guy. No white guy. No white guy. <laughs> Look at Mike White's stats. I have them here just because I knew you'd uh, know the answer to that question. Uh, Mike White career rushing five years of college. Minus 470 yards. Not an athlete. Not a mobile player, John, which scares me a little bit. Um, not that I think he's any worse necessarily than um, Zach Wilson, but I bet he is. Even though I know Zach, the stats say Zach Wilson's been terrible. I bet Mike White's worse, John. This guy was drafted by the Cowboys. He is minus 470 yards rushing in college. At least Zach Wilson can run around a little bit, even though it gets him in trouble. So, but but I, I would consider that. Will you will you do something for me? Yeah, I think we just take our our normal game. Our unit has been three hundred dollars. What if we did a hundred? Go Steelers, Niners, Jets. What's that parlay pay? I'd guess six, seven to one. You're saying a hundred dollars on that? Just we do three hundred on the Steelers. Gotcha. Independently, because I, you know to make our big bet on a parlay is pretty risky. So Steelers, Niners, and then the Jets. Ten and a half against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'd be fascinated to see what that bad boy pays. That pay it's a hundred dollars. Pays six eleven. So it pays six to one. You you like that return? You like doing a little parlay? I was actually hoping it'd be bigger, but uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, you want you want to just dab, just throw a hundred on the parlay? Should we go? Should we go Steelers money line? Yeah, let's, let's do that. See what, let's see what that does to this uh, this bet. Did it change it? Re re put in the money. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, okay, one hundred eight eighty seven. So let's almost do, nine to one. Let's do that. Okay. Because I, I like the Steelers to win that game. Yeah, I, to me that's yeah. Wait, wait, uh, just wait till we're watching. Like, I don't like the Jets to win the game, but here's the thing: 
The Bengals, I'm not some diehard Bengals fan, but I think it's fair to say that's the biggest win the Bengals have had in five years, right? Against yeah. the Ravens. Yeah. They do not feel like the team that's just like, that didn't mean shit. Stay locked and loaded. Play Mike White. Win by 30. Now, they might just be better and win that game by 15. Well, they are better. But 100%. But I'm just saying, would it shock you if it's 14-14 in this third quarter? I mean, a little. <laughs> <laughs> like that's So if I'm, you're betting the 10.5, are we expecting a backdoor cover or are we expecting I, a tighter game? I'm just, to me, it's, it feels like a little bit of value. Yeah. Louis says, guys, no Jets. Please. That is the value to this week. Al says, uh, Bill's lock of the week. They're playing Tua at home. See, I think they, I think the Dolphins could, I think that one's 14 and a half. That line's a little big. I think that, I, I agree. I'm not suggesting we do that, but I think the Dolphins could get Tua's, I mean, they're going to trade for Deshaun like on Monday. Well, it's, it's almost November 1st. It is not going to be 80 degrees up there, right? Couldn't it be? I, I mean, it might not be snowing, but it's, that's not the easiest spot to go in on the, what do you think those fans are going to be thinking? That place is going to be going apeshit. They think they're, they're the best be team in the league. <laughs> so you think that game could be like 40 to 30? I think that could be a, a, a just a, a decapitation. Yeah, some murdering. Yeah, it could be ugly. Because the, the Bills defense is pretty good. And their, their DBs there's are no, good. There's no, there's no hook, John. It's just a straight 14. Yeah, it's, I'm with you. So you want to throw that in the parlay? Too? <laughs> I mean, you want to see what it does? Let's just see. Minus 14 is a lot of points. Though. I know. I know. Let's just let's just see what happens. Let's just see how tasty it gets. hundred dollars pays seventeen hundred and forty-five dollars. So you want to go Niners, Jets, the the least the Bills minus 14. That's a lot of points. Just, I'm just just saying out loud. It's Niners cover four, <laughs> Jets plus five and a half. Uh, Steelers money line and Bills minus fourteen. But the Bills coming up. I don't think they played last week, so they're fresh. The Dolphins the are, coming off a bye. They have to be because they definitely didn't. Yeah, I, I'll add the Bills. Uh, you guys have way too much confidence in the Niners. They look lost offensively. Well, luckily, so do the Bears. But we'll talk about that coming up. All right, so let's get into that. Are we gonna we're gonna include Buffalo in this parlay? If the Bills beat them by four, like the Dolphins are in. There's not a team in the league in more I think turmoil. That, I, I think the Deshaun thing is is really weird. Did you see his quote this week? Who's Deshaun's? No, Tua's like no, why would it be Tua, Tua said that he months. doesn't feel not wanted. Yeah, I saw that. But that's not like you know, I feel great. Like I don't feel not wanted. Well, do you do you feel, do you feel wanted? wanted? How could he? It's weird. It's weird. I, I yeah, let's go minus four. Let's just do it. We're just expecting them to get blown out. Just destroyed. Yeah, yeah. The question is, which one of those games is most likely to screw us? The Jets? I would say the Jets. But the Jets is just the value play. <laughs> Mike, we just bet on Mike White. But again, that's 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 just 100. We've won five in a row. We're, our 300 has turned into 15-ish, yeah. 100. So, yeah. I mean, we win this 117. We'll just fucking cash that out immediately and take our families out to dinner. <laughs> Buy like one sixtieth of a Bitcoin, yeah. like Tom Brady gave the the Bucks guy. I thought he gave him a full Bitcoin. Oh yeah, I know he gave a full. He gave him sixty grand. Yeah, because the Bucks, the Bucks did their part. They gave the guy a thousand dollars to the team store, and they gave him season tickets the rest of the season and next year. And next year, I saw everyone's like he didn't negotiate well. And Peyton Manning was making fun of him. 
it is happening pretty fast. And you're like, Tom Brady's ball. Here's the other thing. You're not like, not, you, hey, not everyone's a scumbag. Like Tom Brady threw the ball. Mike Evans gave it. They took care of it. You him. also know, this is most, uh, to me, everything that every argument is just about not what's right, but everyone's a lawyer now. Yeah, Everybody's who, a fucking lawyer. But it's like, it's always who can make the most money out of the deal. Well, absolutely. But I just mean everybody, the, every argument, if you can't disprove whatever logic bullshit I've got. And this one is like, I mean, is the ball his? They well, give the guy the ball. Is the ball his? Well, he was cool. He gave it right back. He no, didn't no, no, care. No, but I'm much. saying they gave him the ball. Is the ball his? Why isn't the rule once you get a ball in, in baseball, like it, it's your yeah, property? It's his, right? Yeah. The answer is yes. It's his ball. Yeah. But like Tom has put in 10 billion hours of work for that ball. And this guy just happened to be sitting there. So yeah, it is his ball. But is it really his ball? Like, that's what I'm saying. He knows that. He knows, like, yeah, it's my but ball. He, but he did his part. Like, he was like, hey, no, Tom no, no. wants the ball back? I'm defending him. Yeah. I'm saying everyone's like, no, what? Like, he deserves his 500000 It's like, deserves? I mean, he was right place, right time, got the ball, gave it back. He knows it's Tom's ball. I think what he ended up getting is pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. He got season tickets the next two years. He got to interact with Tom. He got a sign. I think Tom signed a ball for him. He got Tom gave him a Bitcoin. And he gets to say, like, I interacted with Tom. Like, I'd, I'd say it's a fucking huge win. Also. And they view him like he's a good guy. Like, he's a good fan. He just did the right thing. That's what I'm saying. He just did it. Like, yes, technically it's his ball, but it's Tom's ball. I think it's Tom, because it's Tom Brady, you don't, I mean, people are such losers with this thing. It's always when you hear the, uh, you know, when players, I don't know if autographs because of Corona the last couple of years have been happening, but like when it was hitting its peak, they were always in, you know, like felt weird. They'd always like if a dad was coming up, they'd be like, no, I want to do the kid, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then see fake kids. Right. It's always a shady business. You know, they become like that guy. Is there a bigger scumbag in the world than that guy? No, <laughs> I think it's no, the biggest not. fucking loser going is that guy. Hey, I got uh, seven cards. Would you mind? I did a basketball game. A Don McClain is like, I the, feel bad. That players Don? even have to be put in a position where they have to question it. Don McClain uh, is the leading all-time scorer in the history of the Pac-12. Played at UCLA. Number one UCLA. Played in the NBA. He's like the Clippers analyst. Pac-12 network analyst. John Wooden guy. Fantastic guy. Uh, played in the late 80s. Came after 90s. John Wooden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but fantastic analyst. Really, I did a game with him at Stanford two years ago. And we're walking out. And this guy just appears. You know, Stanford, there's 800 people in there to begin with. This guy just appears by like the loading dock. And he's got like seven Don McClain skybox cards. And he's like, hey, man, can you sign these? And Don's like, yeah, sure. You know, what is he going to? He's like, yeah, sign, yeah. sign, sign, sign. Gives it back to the guy. And uh, I was like, can you explain that to me? Like, what is well, that? We're going to put it on eBay. And stuff, well, he right? said it's 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 signed sets. Like, guys, if you have a – it's to complete a set. You know, because that car, you're not going to sell that card for $100, all due respect. So Don doesn't even care. Yeah, like, exactly. Fuck. But I'm saying I've never understood, like, why do they need all these – it's for the – it's completing signed sets. Apparently, it's worth something. People. Next time you work with him, ask him about headache. Headache, yeah, yeah. I will. That's ask a good Because that was that probably would have been when he was in the NBA. That had to be a huge story in basketball world. I gotta watch that. Yeah, it's headache. Uh, no, Netflix. The, no, I know. Whatever we we yeah, mentioned on the podcast, but I I said the wrong name because someone DM me I like I'm it. I'm looking for it on Netflix. It was called like Money something, right? The name of the documentary. Yeah, yeah. I called it like uh, Dollar on the Face or whatever. If you just Google Headache Smith, it'll come up. Netflix, yeah. You'll find it. All right. Uh, let's dive into things, John. The next episode after Headache Smith is arguably even more incredible. What's it on? 
Uh, it's on this guy that ended up racing in the Indy 500, but he funded his whole thing through a weed dealer. He was the weed dealer, but he also loved racing. He just became this great racer, but he was not like Mario Andretti. He worked his way up the equivalent of like the mini tours in golf or the minor leagues in baseball and made it to the fucking Indy 500 and then raced in the race in like 1986, all funded by weed, multi-million dollar weed business that he ran through cartels. And he finished like seventh. And he like raced on the indie circuit for several years. And eventually the FBI, he took off, disappeared for like a, a year. His wife was good, but then the FBI was pressuring her. He had his dad hide a bunch of money. On, you know, they lived in America, like lived in Florida or South American Carolina. Guy. Yeah, American guy. His name was something Rainier. Crazy. It's just like you're watching this. You're like, can you imagine living at the time when the story was bra- I mean, it's huge. You need to go to like. You know, Brian Williams, whoever the famous like NBC anchors are. I mean, it's like one of the lead stories in America. Like, he's wanted fugitive. And they go to like, uh, you know, whoever the famous IndyCar drivers are at the time, like the version of like Greg Norman or whatever. Yeah, on that, that, uh, what's the guy's name? Al- some Foy. Yeah. So, uh, AJ yeah, Foy. And he'd be like, you know, they'd be like, I don't know. I thought he was a good guy. <laughs> Somebody says bad sport. Somebody says bad sport. Money. I think it's what it is. Bad sport. Uh, good ima- doc. Imagine if he was like delivering, like selling weed out of the cars. Like, uh, which car are you going to be? Oh, I'll be in the number nine Chevy out behind the Taco Bell. But then part of it is like on criminal reform because he got life for selling weed, even though they could never see him selling weed. So then eventually he, Obama pardoned him. So he got out of jail, but he was supposed to serve life just for selling, being a weed dealer. Pretty crazy. Times were weird. All right, John. Uh, Niners Bears coming up on Sunday. Is this on Sunday Night Football? Uh, no, it's oh. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Just check in. Just Thank get my Sunday straight. Uh, we said the other day, must-win game, that it would be the the worst loss posture, the worst loss of the Cal Shanahan era if they don't pull this thing off. I mean, Khalil Herbert is going to play in the game. Very good running back. Khalil Mack looks like out. Matt Nagy, undisclosed location. Uh, Justin Fields, the worst passer rating in the NFL right now. Justin Fields has taken the most sacks in the league, even though he's only started. He missed two starts. Uh, Niners only have seven starts, uh, seven sacks. This Justin year. Fields leads the league in sacks. Yeah, twenty-two. Well, their offensive line is putrid. But he didn't start the first game, and, he didn't, and then he played half of the second game. Jesus. So he doesn't know what he's doing back there with a bad offensive line. Like they're not good. They they are a team in shambles. My long friend feels like he's in trouble. Like <laughs> that place feels like it's going to get blown up. You know, because sometimes you think what jobs are going to come open this year. And you start looking around, you're like, well, that not that guy, not that guy. Houston Texans just hired a coach, maybe like Pete Carroll. This is the job that feels like everyone's going to get blown out. You can't be losing to that guy. Honestly, you should, even if you're a team in shambles, but you're still not bad, you should kick their ass. I, I was thinking today, you know, there was a video, videos that came out yesterday on Wednesday of Trey Lance because they the media is allowed in warmups and it showed him doing the individual drills. And to the naked eye, he looks 100% healthy, yeah. right? Moving around. He's at practice today. Uh, is it a mistake? Like, we know who Jimmy is now. He's a 30 year old average guy, not very good. We cannot complain anymore when he's not good. Dabble Sweeney said it. Everything on the field is on me. Person talking personnel. When a player's out there, it's because I want him out there. So you put Jimmy out there. We cannot be shocked if it's a tie game at halftime and the tie score is 3-3. And Jimmy's like skipped a couple balls and fucking throwing a pick to Eddie Jackson. Like that. that's him now. Now he might throw a touchdown. Should they they play Arizona and LA the next two weeks? Now they've matched up pretty well against L, you know, uh Arizona for the last several years. But like 
they're going to be coming off a long week, and then obviously the Rams are just going to be infinitely better than they've been with yeah. Matt Stafford. Wouldn't this have been the game if he's proven he's healthy? And it's not, who knows? Maybe Kyle comes out with the ultimate curveball and everyone would get an erection. It's like, Trey Lance is starting. People would be fired up, right, when they woke up on Sunday morning. Yes, people would all of a sudden be back on the Kyle train. That feels highly unlikely. And it feels like he's setting himself up. So what if Jimmy, let's say you win this game and we cover, and they win 20, final score is 20 to three, but it's just one of those where it's like, if I didn't talk about the Niners for a living and they weren't like my squad, I don't know how much game of this I would have watched, right? Fuck, I might have gone at halftime, gone for a walk or something. It could be a very, very ugly game. Then he's just going to start him next week against Arizona. Wouldn't this be the week to get Trey going again and then put him out against those two teams? It's uh, yeah. I mean, this is the softest landing. While you also have to win the game and probably should be and not probably should be able to win the game if Trey Lance is your starter. I think, and like you said, we're recording this on Thursday. Maybe he's healthy enough to be the backup quarterback. I think if Trey Lance is the backup quarterback, he plays in this game. I'm not saying he starts. I'm just saying I think he plays in this I game agree. if he's the backup quarterback and not if the game is out of hand late. I mean, I think they are actively mixing him in. And I think if they win the game with Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback, there's still a chance that Trey Lance starts the following week against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but, you know, what you made me think of just listening to you was the Mike Pettin quote from a few years ago. After they played the Raiders, was it the Raiders? No, it was Tom Sula. It was Tom Sula. And he's like, uh, what do you say? Like, they're driving, I'm driving by their building. I, their building's on fire. Why are you guys looking at our building? Well, yeah, he's cool? like, every, he's basically like, everyone's acting like I'm the village idiot. It looks yeah. like their building's on That's fire. That's right. That's right. They just beat them. <laughs> or was it before the game? I thought it was leading up to the game. And then they beat them. The Browns beat Tom yeah. Sula. Yeah. Because, of course, they did. Um, but that's what this situation is. Even though the Bears are three and four by some bizarre miracle. Beat the Bengals. I know. This is football's crazy. Like you have to account for something. That's why you have to win these games. Because even good teams lose just random games over the course of 17. And now, like you said, you've got if you have any hope at all, you've got the Cardinals and the Rams coming up next. So you have to win this game. Yeah, I I think though. Anytime you roll out, like if Trey Lance played the game he played against Arizona, they beat the Bears. Khalil's not there. Arizona's just a way better team. Uh, I, I just, I think Kyle is adamant for whatever reason. He doesn't really want to do that. And he, he's going to more than likely have to eventually do several games like that again. I don't think that's fun for him. Because right now, Kyle, like with Jimmy, and this is a big reason I think Jimmy gets to stay in the game. Because Kyle gets to call his normal plays. And sometimes I think like there are people in the league that probably, you know, see someone like me that's just able to say whatever I want, right? Were they in the league? They're not, they're not able to say anything like their team, but I've worked in the NFL. You complained about your coaches. So everyone in that building, and same thing with the Bears, same thing with any team that's struggling. Hell, it happens with good teams. Like, why doesn't Belichick fucking listen to me? It's like, guys, we're fucking eight and one. Right. But it's just it's human. I mean, that's that's a job, right? You're yeah. always complaining yeah. about your superior. But unlike most jobs, like most jobs, even if you hate your boss, more than likely if your company's, you know, of decent size, you're probably doing okay. Money's flowing in. You're not like, we can go under next week. We're in football every week. It's like, if you work for Urban Meyer, that sucks, right? You're losing every week. So you're just complaining nonstop. How many people with the Niners that would never admit it? There have to be conversations, though, between the, you know, two scouts or like John Lynch and maybe Jet that are like, what are we doing? Yeah, like that conversation has happened. Not, and this is where if you go to social media, everyone acts like fire Kyle. Obviously, Kyle, impossible to upgrade. 
if Kyle was a free agent right now, he would get hired immediately. Like that's he's not going anywhere. That's not even the conversation we've been trying to have. But it all goes back to everything we've been talking about internally. They got to be scratching their heads a little bit because if I was a guy that just was pounding the table, like let's go get Trey Lance, let's go get Trey Lance. This is not 1987. All other four rookies in his class are playing. Three of them extremely poorly, right? That's what Sway here says. Like, Fields is playing really bad, and you guys want Trey to play? Well, well part of it was, well, they've won several games with, with him and figured it out. And, and ultimately, if you go, well, if Justin Fields is going to be as good as many people think, and obviously the Bears, because they traded the first round to get him, he'll go, you know, going through what I went to as a rookie when we went 7-10, and 10, I, I was so much better equipped three years later when we fucking just beat – the Packers at Lambeau to win the uh, AFC North. Yeah, I mean, the one difference, right, like the worst players in the NFL in passer rating right now are Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, and Trevor Lawrence. Well, those, those teams are w- – the yes. Jets and Texans are way worse yes. than the Niners. Well, exactly. And they're and and are not supp- – Did you say the Jags with those guys? Fields is the worst. Then it's Wilson, the Jets, also no expectations. But Kyle didn't want Fields. No, no, no. What I'm saying is those teams can suck. Yeah, the Bears can't. The Bears can't, which is why they drafted Fields, but not why they drafted Fields because they had Dalton. Yeah. By the way, 13th worst is Jimmy and 14th worst is Mac Jones. So I do think I think Jimmy would be just as good in New England as Mac Jones has been. But whatever. I'm not dying on that hill. I'm just an offhand comment. Um, we'll get to that later. But uh, uh, the point is, like, I think one thing I was I saw this quote Burroughs had from Kyle. Uh, he said, uh, actually, that's Mark Davis. He said, because you're not playing the way you want to play and you think you want to just put a rookie and he's going to answer everything. I don't think that's fair to him. And I don't think that's right for our team, but that's not what anybody's saying. No one's saying Trey's going to be the answer for everything, right? People are just saying, try something else. Cause the thing you've got is not working. And this is the guy of the future. So the worst thing that could happen is you're not good enough and you don't get this guy ready for the future. And then you're bad again. Now, if I was Kyle's agent and I and, and I just got handed a mic and I was here to defend him, I'd say, hey, guys, everyone has been blowing this guy the last couple of years for a reason. He's proven to the organization, the league, that he was a high-level guy and he deserved to get a long-term contract. And now, in a situation with a guy that six months ago had never played, really, you want to throw him out to the Wolves, and he keeps saying, I'm trying to protect him. And you saw him play the one game. He attempted to protect him and make it as easy as possible. And it was clear. You guys said it. I listened to Hayward Middlecoff podcast. His fucking balls were flying all over the place. And now you just want to throw him to make him the starter immediately because Jimmy sucks. And my counter would be, well, I don't think we thought Jimmy was going to be this bad. I, I think we just assumed, and this is the how you can get away with it when you miss games. We can, we can get this false sense of who you are. And I think Jimmy was able to carry that a little longer than most play- Like Andy Dalton, it was harder for him to shake after a while because he was playing all the time, right? Some of these a- Mike Glennon, some of these average guys just play. It was like Sam Bradford is like the better version probably of Jimmy. Well, maybe even not, but it, you just never quite knew what he did because he only played like six games a year. And then you start finally realize Sam Bradford just sucks. I disagree. Like once upon a time, I thought Garoppolo was going to be really good. But by the time we got to this offseason. But I thought everyone coming into the season, including myself, and I'm guilty, thought the Niners would win 11 games well, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't even think that's possible, where I even disagree. if they were healthy. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, I think, a part of it, though. It's like no Kittle, Mostert getting hurt right away. I think there's been a couple miscalculations. One, that they could just run back everybody from last year's team and be better than they were. They have lost a couple, I mean, but it's part of it. But again, all. like, they ran it back with Verrett and Kittle. Now, obviously, you're going to run it back with Kittle, but they just ran it back. Trent Williams missing And guys that have been hurt got hurt again. Yeah. 
Most are- but but this is why I kept saying before the season, and again, I wasn't saying Jimmy sucks, but I kept saying the Garoppolo problem has not been an availability problem. It's that he wasn't good enough. That was the that's why they moved up to three, not because Jimmy gets hurt. That was a good cover because they were still going to play Jimmy. So you say, oh, the reason we're moving up to three, ah, we just you know Jimmy's been hurt. It's not what it was about. It was about how good he is, how good he is. Then he's just not. He's good enough for what they had in 19, but this isn't 2019. So, yeah, I mean, I think in the end we're reaching the same conclusion, which is play Trey Lance. I do understand. I do understand, I think, what you're like uh, Kyle's agent point. Like, I think there's a lot of logic there. But what you can't be is not good enough and not developing and not growing. And that's where they feel right now, and that's why everyone's pissed off. Yeah. They got to win. They just they have to win this game. I agree. You have to win this game. I don't there's because I, I guess the one thing is if you don't win this game, Trey Lance probably does start against the Cardinals the next week. Yeah, but then you're season, you're two and five. It just none of the games. Yeah, are and we'd matter. argue what well, why'd you wait so long? I know. Well, I'm already I think people are already hammering that. Yeah, we are hammering that. So can Kyle get out of this? What's Kyle got to do to get out of this? I mean, and that's kind of the next question, right? Because he we watch all his press conferences. A lot of you watch or listen to it. A lot of you don't. Like, that's part of what we do. That's our job. You've got a job driving around selling, uh, you know, refrigerators. So we watch all the press conferences for you. I ran into Malik yesterday in Emeryville. Oh, I saw a guy tweeted you. Yeah. Yeah. Malik. Uh, he was the guy that took a picture when we were at Niners practice. Remember from the stands? Yeah. He took a picture and he came up to me, he said he took a picture. And then we ended up talking Niners for a while. Big Niner fan. What, Malik was getting his oil changed. Uh, no, well, he's, he's actually in the alcohol business with the, some competing brands, oh. <laughs> uh, hustler, uh, big company, but uh, you know their main brand. We're hitting them in the teeth with our partner, but you know he he knows. I mean, he, it's all love. He tipped his hat to Tito's. Now they they got some big brands that do a lot of money. Uh, but Malik, I think just I talked to him about like he's pissed, right? He's just like I tried to listen after the indie game. I I could twenty minutes. I had to turn it off. I was just so mad at, at Kyle, and he kept saying like, and I think if you go on social media, if you just talk to people, I was texting with Deep Sethi Fresno guy who went to the game. And he's like, I, I'm so mad at Kyle right well, now. I mean, he drove three and a half hours. I'd be pissed too. Yeah, I think but he actually lives in San Diego. Now he drove from Fresno, but like, I mean, it's just he, you know, he is an active. He, he will no, they've got in his car. They will pay to go to games and see the 49ers. Yeah. And fucking never misses a snap. And when it feels like your coach, like he is under I, I never in a million years could have predicted such a switch. Like even Steve Kerr. Steve won so much with the Warriors, but no one ever gave him that much credit. No one viewed like he deserved some credit, but no one viewed like he was the linchpin. So when people get mad at him, he was never like the made man in the mob, like Popovich would have been with San Antonio, right? Or Phil with the with the Bulls. Kyle felt like he was the guy. Like he was a different version of Harbaugh. Like, I never want to lose this guy. I want this guy to be my fucking coach. I want to go win some games. And now it feels like everyone goes, did I put my stock in the wrong guy in, in a four week span guy. And that's the most powerful part about football is that you only play once a week. And when you lose a couple games, it's a big deal. When you lose four straight games with the expectations and really went to, and then we start like even a random fan will be like, how many games has he actually won in his career? You start looking at the, You're like, what the fuck am I even thinking? You start questioning. Yourself. I know. I, the one thing with him is you get it a lot more with coaches like Hart. I mean, I guess Jim involved himself in the offense, but guys who aren't play callers, you what, get that a lot. What happened? What it say? happened to John and Tomlin when they've missed the playoffs, right? They've taken heat, right? But I mean, what is the criticism? Is like, have they lost the team? 
because that's that person's pitch is motivation. That's why Ed Ogeron lost the job, right? It didn't feel like he was leading the group anymore. Kind yeah, of. he also he had other things. Yeah, yeah. They but, made they made up some stories. Well, about my him. point is like with <laughs> she wasn't pregnant. My point is with with Kyle is like I've watched the games for years and I've gone, this guy's got it. Now that's been my, you know like this guy has got it. Now you don't just get to get. You don't just get to do the same thing forever, right? There are just but a lot of got it's were based on losses too, right? Obviously, you just look at the records. Yeah, I mean, it'd be Nick Mullins or CJ Bathard. The offense shouldn't have been sweet. that close. Yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was, was wide open. How did he scheme? But that's the thing. So, so but that's but that's this the, season is like, what yes, is going on? It's not just where about, the fuck are the open not, guys? It's not just about the wins and losses. It's like, why isn't Ayuk running wide open? You know what I looked up earlier? I did on my phone. Because my power was out. I think the Niners are 22nd in yak yards this year, which is like their thing, right? The Niners are 23rd, actually, in yards after catch this year. Well, they ain't the yak bros anymore. No. So now, yeah, part of that, Kittle's not there. Ayuk right? doesn't exist. Ayuk, yeah. I don't D- know if I can go that back. might just be Debo by himself is 22nd, right? <laughs> Against the entire league. Right. <laughs> I mean, it feels like he's 23rd. The major- doesn't it feel like he's the majority of their yak yards? Bears are dead last, by the way. But to me, it's not the yak yards are. I don't, the I'm just saying that's that much been credit. part of the design of their offense is you get a guy in space and then there are yards after the catch. That's part of getting a guy into space. Yeah, and there were always three or four times a game, besides like his like his first drive against the Colts, when a Niner drive is going to work, and I would say the same thing for the Rams, I would say the same thing for Stefanski. I don't think you can really say it for the Packers because like they can go five wide. Obviously, they're missing like seven wide receivers tonight, but – Normally, right? Like Aaron can be in the shotgun four or five wide. The Niners don't. It's a little shocking. The Niners don't even have four wide receivers really to throw out there. But like the Packers have that because Rodgers feels comfortable. So we can go right down the, the field with that. A Niners drive, it's you and I could get on a whiteboard and kind of scheme what it kind of looks like. A, 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 a naked bootleg, a run left, a run right. We got, we got a whiteboard. It, it's pretty clear. It looked like that in Indy. And then he also has these other plays like, oh, uh, a screen to Kittle. Oh, an end around to Kittle. Oh, a fake handoff to another guy. He's not doing any of that shit. It feels, and, and Kawakami asked him this after the indie game, do you feel like you're out of rhythm right now as a play caller? Yeah. It was just a direct, and he said yes. Yeah. Now, he might have just, I don't know if he's trying to like give in or whatever, but maybe just being truthful. Like, I I can't get into rhythm. How can you if you're you're not gaining any fucking yards? Be like, agree, that's what it looks like, right? <laughs> it looks terrible. Uh there's a comment here I want to get back to. This is from uh, Vimo. The fan base isn't made up of knuckle draggers. We understood what trading up meant for this great phrase. We understood what trading up for the for this team and this season meant. We're willing to endure losses and growing pains if we're letting Trey learn. Could you define a knuckle dragger to me? Like, oh, just a guy dragging with, your knuckles like a prehistoric, you know, yeah. man, basically. And that's what that means. The low energy loser. Just, just like a dummy, just like a prehist, like a, uh, a, a you know, yeah, but what, unintelligent guy. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, a caveman. 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 Yeah. You know, they're they were not dragging their knuckles. Yeah. Um, I, I would argue it's pretty hard to survive in the caveman days. I mean, you got animals and shit coming after you. It's true. You didn't mean, mean more. I mean, they invented fire. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I think they deserve a little more credit. But so the Niners' upcoming schedule is uh, the Cardinals. The rent. So back to the original question here, which is how does Kyle? But just- to me, I specifically look at those two games coming after this, right? Those two. To me, that's like their season either ends or goes after those two games. Cardinals, Rams, yeah. So it's like 
I, I can't expect Jimmy to beat either one of those two teams. I'm not saying Trey would either, but at least people would be like, okay, well, we're building on well, this. Well, that's what would be funny, right? Is Jimmy's going to lose these games. What the fuck? That's the irony in all of this, what we're saying here, is the way that Kyle would get some of that support back from the community, from the fan base, would be by playing close games and losing with a young quarterback, which is how we built up with Mullins and Bethard. And all. We, we got something here, right? So you're saying... But he's he, not going to get... Like Matt Nagy, if he goes, he's probably going to get fired. Right. Yeah. Kyle's not getting fired. Kyle's not getting fired. So I, I get a lot of these texts from like people yeah, in the industry. Like, is he worried about perception? Why would he care about perception? He has a fucking, he, this is, this is year two of a six year contract. I'm, I guess he makes $10 million. He already had a six year contract that he only made it three years for. And that was probably at six or seven. He was rich before that. Like he's not, but is he? Sometimes I question, like, is he worried about things that I didn't think he was worried about? I don't know. Because some people go back to the start, and we'll get into the the him jumping on the question about Wickersham's book. Does it, it all gets back to like, I, and I get this a lot, and I'm sure you do, and I think people just, it's not the craziest theory. Like, was he forced into trade? Did he really want Mac? And did he not want to do this? And I go, that seems crazy. But it's like, I don't know. He's He's had a weird body language this year. He just has. And it might have just been simple as, Lowe's quote, like not a good loser. Well, just pressure. Not not even that he's not a good loser. Like he had he had the most pressure he's ever had in his career this year. Because even last year, like the COVID year, everything was so weird. Like it was not the same. This year, it was. God, he was. People were picking them to go to the Super Bowl, and it wasn't like oh, that's just a sleeper team. It was like yeah, I think the Niners were the best. They were the betting favorite to win the NFC West. That which you and I both can check the tape. The video exists. Said nah, they shouldn't be. But that goes back to Vegas. Like they don't. They're unemotional. And so it's just it's like just the belief that people would bet on that. True, but I mean, th- because for a reason, like they were viewed as good. So did he not handle pressure well? I, I, just, I think well, I think we're just doing a yes, lot of judgments on yes, him. That it's yes, I think this team was overrated. Well, yeah, but I'm just Easy saying to say now. Which, but again, he built the team, so yeah, every player is his. Yeah, guy. yeah. So that's not a cop out for him. But it gets back to the quarterback situation, which is kind of the start of his offense. Now he maybe he'd argue it's not as big as the quarterback. But he wouldn't because they just made a trade. I think. Yeah, I think it's. He understands. I think it starts there. What are the? Do you think there's any percent chance? Any percent chance that one day the true stories about Mac Jones, Trey Lance comes out, and we're like, whoa, that is kind of crazy. Yeah, that he was. That he was influenced. Well, if that's what happened, I think there's a chance the story comes out. I don't dismiss that story because I do think he did like Mac. Maybe he got talked into Trey to some degree. That's different than like. There's a difference between being talked into Trey and taking Trey when you didn't want him. Yeah. Like, hey, Kyle, we're three, man. This is the, okay, you're right. This is, and the other thing I keep going back to, he said repeatedly, top five quarterback is what you need. Top five quarterback is what you need. We'll see. Maybe Mac Jones, but the, the, the seal, the, just the, the margin for error on Mac Jones becoming a top five quarterback. What happens when he's flying home and Cousins throws five touchdowns against the Cousins Cowboys? Cousins, who, by the way, <laughs> by the way, I looked this one up today. Uh, average air yards per attempt. Cousins is 0.1 yard behind Garoppolo. Maybe the Niners are more third and longs. I don't know. But feels like when I watch Cousins, he definitely pushes the ball feels down. Feels like he's throwing the ball down the field a ton. He's behind Jimmy in average air yards per attempt by a, they're basically the same. Stats lie. Yeah, sometimes they do. I mean, again, it could be as simple as they're the Niners are in more third and longs and have to do stupid shit. I don't know. But um, I know what I see when I watch him. Uh so yeah, it's possible. I I think it's easy when you're losing. There's so many. There's there's a lot of theories that get thrown, and I don't think just 
playing Trey Lance gets Kyle out of it all. Look, Matt Nagy's playing Justin Fields, and it's not going well, and so it's not getting him out but of it. But he was anything. coming in on the season. His team I was know, not I that know, good. But I'm just saying, if he was playing Justin Fields, and it, it was like, you know what? It's clear they've got it figured out with this guy. They're not going to win enough games this year, but you could, I think you could justify giving them another year if it felt like it was going well or headed the right direction. Yeah. As opposed to them watching it going, uh, we're one year in with Justin. We got to get him somebody else. We got to get him yeah. Brian Dable. But again, Herbert was really good as a rookie and his coach got fired. So, but those guys were all on different situations coming into the season in terms of contract and longevity and su- previous success. Christopher said, it's true. Christopher says you guys are putting too much shit on Kyle. Nobody could have predicted that Jimmy was going to suck this year. suck suck this year. Kyle has always won with Jimmy as his quarterback. See, you're sitting right here. You can read some of these. Uh, Kyle has always won with Jimmy as his quarterback. Uh, as his quarterback is shit this year. Uh, uh, it's pretty easy to throw comments up there. You just press a button. Yeah, that's all I do. I mean, the intern. <laughs> Shanahan, uh, this is from, yeah, okay. Shanahan said you want somebody that can run like Lamar and throw like Drew Brees. Sounds like Trey Lance to me. Yeah. (laughs) Huh? Maybe. Yeah, to me. (laughs) No, I mean, I understand the point, but. He ain't running like Lamar, and he's clearly not accurate like Drew Brees yet. Like, that's this is what I say all the time, and I used to be king of this, and I still can be heat of the moment. You got to be very, like, if you are just going to have a thoughtful comparison to be like, Josh Allen. Like, well, we're watching Josh Allen. He's. I've been watching football now 28 to 30 years. Like, I haven't seen that many Josh Allens. You counting six-year-old you? No, I'm, I'm starting. I'm set 37. So, I'm, yeah, I'll go 28. Let's go, like, when I was 10. So, that's, what's that, 27 yeah, years? no, I mean, they're having them. Like, uh, they were good, too. I mean, physically, like, we didn't get to. Jake Locker? Yeah, <clears throat> he wasn't that tall, though. No, and he wasn't that fluid of an athlete. And he wasn't we we didn't get to witness, like, to me, the bar was always, like, Marino Elway, right? In which we, by the time we came into our own at like 10, they were kind of coming down the home stretch. Definitely. I mean, we saw less of Marino. I, I did. As I, I Me too. But even the Elway we witnessed was old. Like you go back to some of the 80s clips of him running around and the way people talked about him. Like that's what like Herbert and Allen are. So when you do Herbert and Allen, like they have, those two guys have chances to be like all time greats. Like what is the next, uh, be the next Steph Curry. Like there's been one Steph Curry. Yeah. But Trey, but 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 Trey Young, that's good enough too. You don't have to be the next Steph Curry. You the don't have nine, to be the next for Josh that Allen. comp, the Niners would die, and I mean, John Lynch would give up his left testicle for Trey Lance, especially when he's done making kids. I don't even know if one. T- I know my. You can do it with one. Yeah, you can. Who are you about to out? Uh, one gonna, well, he got injured in college and had to have it removed. It wasn't like he got it removed. He got stepped yeah. on, and it was like grapefruit. Uh, had four kids after that, but. If Trey Lance to Steph Curry, if Josh Allen is Steph Curry, I'm not saying he's not, but you know what I mean. If Trey Young is that version of of Trey Lance, what would they do to have Trey Young? Yeah. yeah. What were we saying about Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes? If he could only be who? Favre. I don't know. I don't. Think, I don't know what we were saying. Well, we didn't know he came out of nowhere. Well, exactly. Sweet. There was nobody. We didn't. He didn't have to live up to that. He was just. I think Lamar. Know. Lamar was like, could he be Michael Vick? And then like a year in, he's like, he's better. Yeah. I. But I, I don't get like, there is how good Josh Allen is has no bearing on how good Trey Lance is. There's not like just so much great quarterback play available in the atmosphere and Josh Allen. But but it, it does it does in the sense when you make a trade like that. 
you are compared, right? You are compared to like your contemporaries and, and you do carry your draft spot and you do carry like part of the, if Tua had been a second round pick, it's not the Miami shit's not as weird, right? He was the fifth overall pick for sure. They traded then, three ones to get him. So it's just like yes. this crazy pressure There's on him to be a No star. question. I'm just saying if we, if you never watched, if I said, John, you are blacked out from watching Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You, you're not going to see their highlights. Yeah, it doesn't you, matter how good or bad they you, are. You have no way. idea. For all you know, Josh Allen's throwing 500 interceptions or 500 touchdowns. You have no clue. You'll still know if Trey Lance is yeah. good enough when it's, you watch Their play. talents are relevant to him. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Now, it does matter who got drafted ahead of you, who got drafted behind you in terms of perception, whatever. He doesn't have to be the next Josh Allen. He could be, I mean, 10 degrees worse than Wayne, Josh he's Allen. lucky he doesn't have to play those guys because they're in a different conference. It's true. And it's warmer. You know, if you look around the conference, he's got some things going for him. Brady's 70. Rodgers is 38. Russell hates Seattle. Peyton doesn't have a quarterback. Sean St- Payton. He doesn't have a – yeah. I mean, it's like the, the sweet quarterbacks, Lamar, they're all in the AFC. Herbert. Yeah, and then there's Stafford and Kyler in his division. That sucks. You just got to hope Russell demands a trade, which feels – kind of feels like Pete's last stand, doesn't it? Like, do you think Pete Carroll's the, the I, head coach? I did wonder if Pete – if that job could open up. I think it does. Because I think Russell goes a little Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like pulls his move. Now, I don't know, like, it's like, okay, Pete's gone. If, and it sounds great. It's what every fucking analytic guy on Twitter's wanted for seven years, even though he's won 80% of his games. Okay, who's your who's your hire? Who's, yeah, Brian Dable or whoever. But what if Russell doesn't want him? Yeah. I'm... What if Russell wants some, like, obscure. What if Russell wants John Gruden? <laughs> we had some really good Monday Night Football meetings, man. This guy right here. Can I do Gruden anymore or no? I was going to say something, but I don't know if I can say it on the, on uh, publicly. I'll tell you offline. It was a great comment by uh, – I talked to Romanowski today at the, at the yeah, gym. Yeah, probably can't say it. <laughs> he, he had a couple good lines. <laughs> so, uh, Rich says, play Lance at quarterback, not running back. I mean, I'm look, he's got to – you might have to play some running back for a little bit. That's okay. Lighting, I don't literally, but I just – Mitchell Lance. at 100 yards. Best draft pick since, like, Kittle. Honestly, he does look sweet. Like he looks good. He looks exactly like he looked in college. Which I was in the car do. before you came over. Lund said he heard Cosell say, I love doing that. Like this guy heard this guy say that he thought, what's the Bears running back's name? Khalil Herbert. He thought he was looked like a young Tiki Barber or something. I guess he's sweet. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Where'd he come from? I'd never heard of him. Feels like uh, South Florida or something. UCF. Be my guess. At two Virginia, uh, Kansas, and Virginia Tech. He's a transfer guy, six round pick. So he's a he's a fifth year transfer. Do you see that? Four years Kansas, and then and then he went to Virginia Tech last year. How many yards did he have last 1100 year? Eleven hundred yards. So he had a good season. Yeah. What round was he taking in? Sixth. I love getting a good six round running back. That feels like just that you can't make your money go any farther. That's the night. That's uh, Elijah Mitchell. You get a six round running back that's your starter and rush for hundred yards a game. You're like. That is the perfect draft pick. That is that is everything we dream about. <laughs> the, the thing you can't say is like, because he'll be out of here in three years because <laughs> yeah. he plays running back. He'll never get a second contract, but damn it, we nailed it. We love him right now. Boy, we're going to make him feel like he's at home. The best worst case is like you use a second or third, but he's sweet like a Kamara or Dalvin. You're like, this is awesome, but we know he's going to hold out by year three and we got to give him like $45 million. So we got to draft another six-round running back. But I was just kept peeking up at the, at the television. I know he didn't have a great stat line. You're like, yeah, Alvin's pretty sweet. Like, I would take Alvin Kamara just on my squad. Now, do I love paying him $18 million a year or whatever? You know, I did watch that game the other night thinking, like, is he the best player on the field? 
Yeah, is he getting just, killed on a team that's like, is he just having a Khalil Mack like season? Well, they're four and two. But I mean, he should be like playing in conference championship games. Yeah, like you gave him to Brady. Yeah. Can you imagine Brady at him? Brady, like, like, thank God Ed, Edron James played with Peyton Manning on the Colts. And then he went to Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Play with Kurt Warner. Like, what if you put Emmett Smith on the Houston Texans? It would suck. Yeah. What's up with, uh, I saw a great tweet, by the way. Somebody said they like screenshotted their own tweet. I wish I had it. Fuck. It was like just, it put into a category how positions tweet. It was like quarterbacks. Like, I love my team and we're working hard. And then it's like tight ends. It said derp. And then running backs said something else. And then it said wide receivers. And it was like, like the blade that speaks to you is the blade that cuts you or something like that. And then he retweeted Brandon Cooks's like fucking weird ass alpha quote tweets. Wasn't he pissed off? Yeah. What is he mad about? Um, is it the Deshaun impending trade? No, no. They traded, uh, uh, what's his name from Alabama? Mark Ingram to the Saints. Oh, 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 okay. And I think he, and I guess like from reading just Twitter people, they're like, Cooks is one of the guys that believed in the vision here. He was all in. And Ingram, like, are anyone all in? And he was like, I'm sorry, Brandon. If I could have an unbiased outsider's opinion, you cannot be shocked. You guys are fucking in shambles if any player just randomly gets traded. You know? know. They might trade Deshaun Watson. He has not played a snap. He was your safety and scout team three months ago. Like, what are you talking about? Now, it's just, I bet he'd say, well, I'm in it. He's my guy. We just we thought we were doing something. I don't know. His his tweets were kind of funny. Somebody said it was CDC Carter. How do I find that? Nah, I'm not going to find it right now. But that's what C CD Carter. Oh, CD Carter on Twitter. If you want to go find that, I would say the two people most likely to tweet something like just furious or so, would be DBs and uh, and wide receivers. I would say quarterbacks are more likely to be like, uh, I shaved my balls with Manscape. Hashtag ad. <laughs> right. Yeah, I forget, I forget what the running back category was. Offensive lineman, they'll just do like a pick at like the local hockey game with nachos. The Steelers the other night, their entire offensive line was at the Penguins game. Every single one of them had like an extra enormous nacho. Obviously, it's like eight or nine at night. There's no chance those guys didn't eat dinner. I mean, think how much those guys eat. <laughs> you just have these guys on the team like wide receivers, or if you have a Tom Brady, or there's probably a couple defensive linemen that are really focused. And then the great part about football, you have some guys, you'll just be like, see, he have like 75 pounds of French fries right there? And he's just, and no one even gives a fuck. Also, you know, to- if you go to dinner with five people and all five people order a salad, you're more likely to order salad. If you go to dinner with five people that all order a steak, you're more likely to order a steak. So if the offensive linemen eat together, I mean, it's just this environment. But there's got, and there's got to be the one guy that doesn't play. Who's like the coaches are on him to keep his weight down? And he sees all the boys getting the nachos. He's like, "There's no way I'm not getting nachos." And he just tried to eat a healthy meal, but then he gets caught in the shot. And the next day, like Tomlin's like, "Billy, I see you," <laughs> you know. And he's like two pounds over. He tells the trainer. He doesn't even talk to him directly. Probably honestly, and and this is not like people think I hate this guy. I really do have zero anima. I don't care. My life has been dramatically better since I left him. I do think Chip Kelly with that stuff in college, you can pull. Up. I think with the NFL guys, like you can't tell me what to eat. You can tell me if I'm like super unhealthy and I need to lose some weight, but like I, I'm, I'm fine. And I think just naturally, Joe Staley said like that you eat some unhealthy stuff to keep some weight on naturally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm telling you Deshaun Jackson every single day, double cheeseburger fries. It got skinnier by the day too. AJ Wright in college, six pack, ate whatever the fuck he wanted. I'm, a, a, AJ still six pack. Yeah. 
Like Deshaun, he just runs around. Does he look any different? He's older, but he just still like, I bet body fat, skinny wise, weighs 167 pounds. There's, there's not like Deshaun's like, let's make that grilled chicken and uh, vinaigrette. Yeah, no how, Deshaun, how are you staying <laughs> in such good shape? Like, what, what are you talking about? Do you think I even relate to like us normal, just out of shape people? That, no like, idea. Once we hit like our 30s, and you're like, whoa, no. I used to be able to pull this off. No, the idea of like, oh, it's 930 at night. I shouldn't eat just bread with butter. It's never occurred to him. Alyssa nail you for eating chips the other day or something? Well, they got hidden. Yeah, because yeah. like, the bag disappears too fast. But then yesterday I made uh, guacamole. That's pretty impressive. Three and a half guacamoles, three and a half avocados. Big so, bowl. Is it a lot? Uh, I didn't even eat dinner. I ate so many chips and guacamole last night. How do you know how to make guacamole? YouTube? Uh, no, you just smash, just smash avocados. Yeah, and what else? Uh, I recommend onions. onions. Uh, if you have some onion powder, yeah, some uh, uh, red pepper flakes, yeah. If you have salsa or like uh, hot sauce, to add hot a sauce. little like kind of juicy, flow. some tomatoes, yeah, uh, some pepper. So it's relatively easy to make. It's very easy. It, yeah. And really, you don't need all that stuff. All you really need is salt and avocados. Yeah. And you can that'll get the job done. The lime juice. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, lemon, absolutely. John, speaking of great, I I know this. No matter how much I try my guacamole, it will pale in comparison to what you can get at Puesto. This podcast brought to you in part by Puesto. It is fantastic Mexican food. Their guacamole has Parmigiano-Reggiano in it. That's cheese. It's delicious. We went. God bless the Adler brothers, Eric and Alex, and all their people there at Puesto. The Niners are sucking it up right now, but they are still delivering. They are persevering, and they are, um, yeah, they're just making great food and great drinks. So if you're going to the game next week against the Cardinals, they're at uh, 110 and 129. Right. Uh, they have a pretty remarkable special coming up that we'll be telling you about next week. Some I heard about half off some tacos, you know, maybe Taco Tuesday, you know, mixed Tito Tuesday with Taco Tuesday, and you have something going. Puesto conquered. We got one actually. I mean, what do you think? Ten minutes away from where we're sitting. Yeah, we got another one, Santa Clara, by uh, the house that uh, Harbaugh and slash Jed slash the county built, uh, right there in Santa Clara, right by the stadium, and Puesto. Do you see the thing? I just follow him on Instagram. That must be one I of the ones in La Jolla. I and mean, what do they got going on down there? Well, the video was well. Sick. It looked like they had a moving bar. Honestly, at the bar, at the one in Concord, their bar looked pretty. It was pretty impressive. I didn't yeah. know it had like hydraulics can go up and down. Like, hey, I need uh, Casamigos, and Makes it comes sense. down. And you grab it. Tito's. That's the yeah, Tito's. Yeah, yeah, Tito's. Tito's margarita. Uh, my favorite taco was the Quesadilla taco, crispy melted cheese, braised short rib. Uh, John liked the. Uh, I want the filet mignon, and I also the I, I'm a shrimp taco guy, so I love the shrimp taco. Yeah, uh, the Bang Bang Margarita, over 500 tequilas and spirits. They've uh, they're they're brewing their own uh, Mexican lagers now. That wasn't a question. Sorry, beer is available in all <laughs> locations. Um, they make their tortillas in house daily, right? Masa, not matza. Masa, much better than matza. Trust me. Matza balls. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, send us some pictures of that stuff too. I mean, the, ta- you can't go wrong with the tacos. The you guys didn't do matzo ball soup at the Haberman house. We did. And yeah. I always decline. <laughs> Is it kind of healthy? Or is matzo just like bread? Yeah. It's like, it's like flour it's bread that didn't rise. Yeah. It's like, crack- um, it's like saltless crackers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but Puesto's where it's at. So go get it. Baja fish taco. Oh. Shrimp. You mentioned this. Oh. We had a, we did, we had a really good time there and, and they all took care of us and we appreciate yeah. them. And, Follow them on Instagram. They, they follow, follow them on Instagram. Yeah, cool stories. Go, go eat the food and, and support a, uh, an awesome company. 
that supports the community and puts good food in our belly. Podcast also brought to you by The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. If you're into sports betting, you know how quickly the lines can change. So do we. That's why we got to lock in the bets that we're making today. So when you're riding on those odds, a lot's riding on them. It pays to stay ahead of the curve before placing your bets. Listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM, for the best betting analysis and information. Yep, we've been doing a podcast for a while. We know what makes a good show. Energy, chemistry, similar ideas, good takes. That's where uh, Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM, has you covered. Featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, and BetMGM experts. You've always got fresh takes on the action. It's hosted by Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. They break down the big takeaways and make sure you know everything you need to know to bet smarter. It's fun to bet on the games, yes, but it's more fun when you got the inside scoop. Yep, ready to bet with an edge. Tune into the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays. 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or wherever you podcast app you use. Okay, we have to update a story that we discussed uh, on Wednesday after an excerpt from uh, the uh, the new Patriots book. I'd imagine you sold about. a shitload of books. I mean, I bought it. Yeah, me too. On Audible. And um, the excerpt came out. It said the a Patriots high-level official called a Niners high-level official a few days before the draft. Yeah. I misunderstood. I thought it was like like pre-trade trade. Yeah. Because that would make sense. This does, makes less sense. Offered a second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Niners said, no, we're holding out for a one. Kyle Shanahan asked about that um, on Wednesday. He shot it down, said it wasn't true. Rap Sheet also weighed in, but you can go ahead and start talking if you want. I'm going to find the Rap Sheet. This is what Rap Sheet uh, tweeted. He said, circling back on the Patriots Niners talking about Jimmy G pre-draft, New England not only didn't attempt to trade for Garoppolo, but they couldn't have. Not close enough cap room. Not possible. Once they signed Cam, it was Newton and a young QB. That's what I said pre-draft with uh, a link to that. Is that a little journal on journal crime right there? Uh, No, I wouldn't call that crime. I'd call that – no, I think that's legit. I think yeah. it's legit. So he, well, he's saying Wickersham's wrong. Yeah, he should have tagged Wickersham, though, for but a But Wickersham like, didn't write a tweet. He wrote a book. Wickersham <laughs> wrote a book. Right. So you can't change the book. There's no, you know, you can't go back and edit. I would imagine he, you know, I think you're, <clears throat> if you're writing it in a book, you're you're going to believe in it very well, strongly. I, I vividly remember Michael Lombardi, who I think has a son that works, is the quarterback coach right now for the Patriots and obviously knows Belichick really well, said they had talked. This was back, you know, around that time, like because it was kind of something out there in the ether, right? Could Jimmy Garoppolo end back up on the Patriots before we knew Mac Jones was going to be on the Patriots? Because easy to go after the fact, you don't know who you're going to draft. So once the draft ends, it's why a lot of guys that are outside of the league they sign with teams after because they wait to see who, you know, what positions they draft, right? Like a veteran player might wait till after the draft. So the Patriots didn't know Mac Jones one was going to be there. Maybe they were, you know, unsure who they were going to draft. But they signed a historic amount of uh, salary cap money, or I mean, they spent a, a historic amount of money right during the free agency, right. like all the players. So man. Jimmy, and we've talked about this before, his cap hit was like, uh, I think it's like $24 million this year. The one thing Lombardi had talked about, and obviously they have a good relationship with uh, Don Yee, who also represents Jimmy and Tom, they were going to facilitate a trade, but he would have to take a pay cut which wouldn't make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo who has a no trade clause to take a pay cut. So there could be some like semantics in the way he said it. Like they, I'm sure they talked because again, they don't know Mac Jones is going to be there at 15 and all they have is Cam Newton on basically like a $2 million deal. Like it's not like they were 
telling everyone Cam Newton was their franchise quarterback before the draft. Now, the so could Jimmy have taken a pay cut? I don't clearly it, Jimmy made the right financial decision where he's at right now, keeping the same amount of money. Now, I do wonder this. You know, Kyle was quick to basically call it bullshit. Could they have talked though before? Like when I heard Kyle say it and I was in the car and KNBR plays his press conference live, could they have talked in March? To me, I, I would be absolutely floored if they didn't. Now, let's say they offered him a second round pick back when they had money. Why would it, the Niners didn't have incentive. Okay, I give you a pick. You give me pick, I think it was 46. We talked about this yesterday. We did a YouTube video. Pick 46 for Jimmy Garoppolo, March 10th, five days before free agency. Who the fuck's my quarterback? Right. If I'm Kyle. I haven't traded up to three. So my, that pick 46 is not valuable enough, even though it is valuable looking back at the time. Like I don't have, I don't, I haven't the, traded yeah, up the yet. The question is, does that offer stand two days before the draft? Well, it doesn't because their cap space. Well, gone, but so you know what I'm saying. To the Niners, they need. They how do they not do that trade? Well, if it if it was Jimmy was willing to take a pay cut and the trade was on there, it's malpractice. If it's like, well, Jimmy didn't make enough, he was never going to take a pay cut. It was really a non-starter. We didn't waste much time talking about it. People in the chat are saying Seth Ricochet tweeted. Yes, he did. Here it is. This is actually from like four hours ago. You can read it. It's sitting there on the screen. I never reported that New England offered a second round pick for Jimmy. I reported, actually, you wrote. You report in a book? Yeah, it's a long report. I reported that there was an quote unquote informal discussion. It's public that the Patriots were at least interested in Jimmy and were waiting to see if the price might drop. Also, public that San Francisco might listen to any trade but wanted a lot for him. I thought he wrote like, I mean, see, this is, is that, where reporters what kind of get. It's like Fauci when he's getting grilled. You can you like, no, Seth, I, you wrote that they had discussions and they like. So this is, I told you it was journal and journal crime. I knew I was thinking like, is Seth just going to go quiet on this with rap sheet calling him out? Uh, I can go back and find the excerpt somewhere, but um, actually, he actually look Sando. Sorry, Sando got in on this act. Hold on. Let's update this. We got a lot of journals flying in here. Sando writes, page 462, informal call. And then he puts it in a red box. Not an offer. Seems pretty clear. So he's coming in defense of Wickersham. These are boys. There's a clause in his contract giving him power over his future. There was an informal call between a high-level representative of the Patriots and a high-level Niners official. What was Garoppolo's price? New England wondered if a second rounder would suffice. Honestly, I love Sando. And I love Wickersham. I think this is a little bit of semantics here. I do too. It's not an offer, but, and now I will say this. What Kyle said was, if it was an offer, I would have got on the phone with Phil. Sully in South Boston reading this thinks they offered a second round pick for New England, right? I, I mean, there's definitely a difference between an informal discussion and an offer. But to me, if there's an informal discussion where the page is like, hey, I think we'd offer it too. And the Niners are like, nah, don't bother taking, because what happens after an informal discussion if we agree there's something to talk about? A more formal discussion. So this informal discussion, which they offered a two, didn't lead to anything more formal. Why? What? what because okay. they weren't on the same page. Now okay. it might have been. There's no cap space. Blah blah blah. We can't do the deal. Don Yee actually scratched that guy's. Don Yee called said Jimmy's not taking a pay cut, so forget it. And that's the end of it. That could be. Okay, we're talking right now. You go. Hey, can I fucking buy your condo? I say yeah. I'd sell it to you for a million dollars. You go. I'd only be willing to give you five hundred. That's what you said. Yeah. Did you offer me five hundred, or did you kind of like? Well, then I, yeah, we need to go a step further. Okay, five hundred. We determined 000, it's your deal. Yeah, we determined that we were not going to agree. 
Yeah, but you are saying what you value it, and I will pull the trigger. Now, it's again, it's possible that like Bill never said like, yeah, we'll do the deal. That that Parag talks to their Parag, whoever their Parag is. Bill. Bill. <laughs> yeah, not Bill. But you don't understand what I'm saying. Like, I think it is Bill. I know, but that's what makes this tough. That there's a discussion that that leads to Don Yee saying, no, Jimmy's not taking a pay cut. This is not even worth discussing. And so the Niners don't discuss. He's right. I mean, he did not report there was a de- decline trade offer. I think part of that is, okay, let's ex- uh, what is the difference between informal discussions and trade offers? Well, a trade offer you can just accept and now we have a trade. But what's the difference between informal discussions and eventually where we get to? Don't trade offers begin with informal discussions? They don't like, oh, uh, we just got a fax from Bill. He's offering a second. Here it is. It's right here. Don't well, they all start with informal discussions? Well, wasn't Didn't Jimmy... Wasn't it informal when Bill called Kyle? And well, said see, was it? Because wasn't the thing like, oh, the hey, you've got 24 hours to yeah. accept this offer? That's probably less informal. But it's still, what would make it formal, I guess? I, I, I think, like, it's pretty close. How much you want for the couch, John? $200. You're like, well, I'll give you 100 Now, I, I will, yeah. I'll say in defense of Sando, not defense, he's not doesn't even the defense, but in, in, in they're, they're old school journals. The no, way no, they, yeah, but which requires evidence. Like, you have to have evidence. But don't we believe them. I believe these. Well, I guess what I'm happen. saying is there is more information we could get. Well, because Rap Sheet is defending the Niners, right? Yeah. Saying Kyle's not a liar. Right. <laughs> That's basically what it's saying. Someone's saying Kyle's claiming Wickersham lied. Rap Sheet is on and Kyle's Wickersham- side. And those guys are saying Wickersham said, I never truly said that, yeah. even though he kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> and Sando's saying, no, Kyle's not lying. It's possible for Kyle to be telling the truth and for Wickersham's arc- uh, uh, story. Well, I was listening to the press conference. Grant asked him, report yesterday in the book. Did you get offered a second round pick for Jimmy? Kyle said, basically, fuck no. If Grant had said, did you guys have discussions about Jimmy informal? for a second? Were they informal or formal? I would imagine Kyle would have said the same thing. No. And then yeah. it's like, well, we all know they. That- do, you, do you believe for a second the Diners and the Patriots did not talk about Jimmy Garoppolo before the draft? Well, only if the Patriots didn't pick up the phone. Of course, the Niners called them. So the but but this and this is legitimately because again I think Sando and Wickersham know what like they know what they're doing and what I mean is like they're good at their jobs they're professionals I would ask I would love to talk to them and say what would be the difference when you're reporting between an informal discussion and a trade offer now I think I know what the difference is but there's some gray area before you get to trade offers right? There are discussions. Russell Wilson's having discussions. Well, if I'm Steve Kime and I call Harry Roseman, like, what's it cost to get Ertz? And he goes, I don't know. You make me an offer. And right. then he goes, I'll give you a fourth for him. And he goes, okay, deal. Yeah. Is that, is that, it, were those informal discussions? It turns into an offer. You're right. It's, it's a very slippery slope to me. Like the moment you start talking trades, you're, you're not like, Hey, what's it take to get air? You know, Aaron Rodgers, bad example. Cause he was on the block. Hey, Hey Andy, what would it take to get Patrick Mahomes, and he was like, oh, got you fucking seven ones. Like, okay, that's like informal bullshit, right? Right. You know, and there's a lot of bullshit. But how many of these conversations, like, hey, when they were calling about DeAndre Hopkins, hey, Bill, I know you're not a big DeAndre Hopkins guy. The mo- You're talking trade from the jump. Well, let me, I mean, and let's read this again. New England wondered if a second rounder would suffice, but the Niners wouldn't take less than a first. Which is well reported. Remember, it was like they'd only give him up for a first, Jimmy. Well, before the draft. Yeah, I'm just saying. And people so, thought they were nuts. <laughs> so they're not going to make an offer because they know their offer would be. Well, it goes back to my home. This happens all the time on Craigslist. I've been selling stuff on Craigslist. You can make over any the money? years. Make any money? Uh, yeah, I made some money on Craigslist. Like, just can I just sell this couch on Craigslist? No yeah. problem. I mean, depends. The price point. 
So there are these, uh, I've got these two, somebody left in my garage, these two lights unused, like, you know, lights you'd hang in your kitchen from restoration hardware. It's, it's an expensive place at your new house. Yeah. They're just left, left behind. Do you own those? Well, who else? No, I don't. <laughs> so I better, but I, I'm trying to get rid You're of right. I, I inherited a bunch of shit in the garage and outside in the storage unit. So, shit. so here's yeah. what happens. You tell me how this fits in, how Wickersham and Sam. I didn't get some on. restoration hardware lights. Tell me how Wickersham and, and would report on this. So there's two, there's two lights, like these big pendant lights on restoration hardware's website. They list for like $750. Damn. Each. Okay. I list them on Craigslist for $350 each, which is $700 found in my pocket if somebody wants them. Yeah. But it's like someone's buying them from some guy in a garage. They're not going to Restoration Hardware. Yeah. But Restoration Hardware has you'd, two different You'd get rid of them no problem for like $400, probably, right? It's just found money. Oh, would I? Yeah. Uh, I'd get rid of Like, we're about to find out because I haven't sold them yet because it's been two months. It's been a month and a half. Your price point's too high. My price point's too high. But here's what happens people email me and they say, I'm interested in the lights. And I say, great. But they don't make an offer. Then they say, what's your best price? And I say, fuck you. What's your best price? Well, the negotiation, and the negotiation the guy, ends. Because the negotiation is the first guy that puts out a number. Why don't you just sit, why don't you just pick a number that you like 450? Well, no, I have to list them for a price. So I have them listed for 350 each. Why don't you just say 450 total? I'll give you both. Well, yeah, I could say that. But what I'm saying is right now they're listing. So you don't want to do a deal, really. Well, I do want to do a deal. I want You're trying to win the deal. You're damn right I am. But I would sell them for 270. I'd sell them. Why for don't less. you respond at a lower number then to when they ask you this? They have an ad, all they say is, I'm interested. I say, great. Fantastic. You can come by and see them. Yeah. And they say, what's your best price? And I say, my best price, what's your best? I listed them for a price that I think is a pretty fair price. You're getting a 50% discount. If you don't think that's a fair price, feel free to make me an offer. You respond with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah usually less aggressive. I say, yeah. I, this, I say, this is why I listed them at this price. But, you know, feel free to make me an offer. And often they, go, they don't sell, even reply. Go, People sure. don't even, yeah, they ghost. Fine. Good then, go. I, then on spite, I don't want to sell these things. Well, here, here's what. But here's, were those formal or informal discussions? Those are formal. Okay. I mean, you're having a negotiation. I would imagine you deal with, there's got to, not scammers because you're paying real money. People on Craigslist that look for things that then they can resell for a higher markup. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't your lights fall into that category if they somehow could? You know, if they could, if they could pawn those lights off for like a hundred each, and then they could flip them for double, right? If you, they do, knew, you do enough of like, those, you can make people, ten thousand dollars a month or something. Where people go to like Ross, buy some Nikes, and then sell them on the internet. Well, I used to follow like Gary V used to do the uh, the lawn sales, yeah, 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 and then he'd go resell on like yeah. Amazon's marketplace, where yeah. I guess you know drug dealers can also sell there. <laughs> Bezos, though, he's in with the uh, Washington. So he's I good. mean, <laughs> look, like I would imagine Rose um, Wickersham. To me, the to me the moment you start talking about anything a home price a trade price a fucking price for what would it cost for the couch that's a discussion now formally yeah like did i write a contract for you to sign or however the league does well, we gotta call it into raj like yeah I, we get that but it was <laughs> it was well established like this is the price and the patriots like well we're not going any higher in a second like those are legitimate conversations we're knowledge of each other i think it's fair to say from what he i don't even know that i'm on a side i just think it's fair to say from what he wrote the Patriots let the Niners know they'd offer a second, and the Niners wanted a first, and so that was the end of it. Yeah. Now maybe it wouldn't have worked with Jimmy. I don't know. Whatever. But I think that whatever we want to call that, like that's probably where where we get at on this. Sando and Wickersham are right about what they're saying. These are informal discussions, not trade offers. They're right. I don't know what we call this. I just know the Niners made it known to the Patriots based on what he wrote. 
that they would not accept a second round pick for. Yeah. That's what he wrote, right? Mm-hmm. The Niners made it known, whatever the whatever that means. Which looking back, if they didn't need Jimmy to take a pay cut, not getting rid of Jimmy for pick 46, which could have happened. I don't know the timing of it. That's semantics again. Seems pretty crazy in hindsight for a guy that's going to get cut and probably guess his number right now offseason when the football team or the Bears or fuck whoever. How much he gets paid? The Texans. I'm going to say Jimmy signs a probably a little more in your two-year contract, but fake second year. Okay. For um, I'm going to go with uh, we haven't seen the season play out yet, but I'm going to say 20, like 23 or 24 million dollars. Because Donnie's going to want a lot of credit. Like, damn, Jimmy, what they what the Texans give Jimmy? But the you know, but the first year, or maybe it's like 32 million dollars then. But the first year is like, you know, um, seven point six guaranteed or something. Nah, I was gonna go a little higher. I was gonna say like ten or eleven, and then the second year is, you know, so maybe it's like twenty six. Eleven for the first year, fifteen for the second year. But the second year is like a total Completely void fake, yeah. team option void. Every penny of that eleven first year guaranteed. You think Jimmy's got ten plus million dollars one more time in him? It's not, it's, it's not, I, I don't, don't think you're crazy, that but that be will be crazy. What's your guess? Well, I mean, Dalton just got 10 from the Bears, so yeah, I mean, it's, but now it's Dalton, I don't know. It's going to be something that I, I, I guarantee it'll be the number one freak out on social media that day. What's your guess? You have to make I think guess. the fake number could be like two for 40. It'll just be two for 40, but his real number might be like nine and a half or 10 and a half, yeah. but it'll be two for 40. That'll, Schefter will be like, the Houston Texans just gave Jimmy Garoppolo two years Hell, 44 million. You know, the second right. year could be 28. You know, it, honestly, two for 50. The, the number is going to blow people's fucking socks off. I will be stunned if it's like Jimmy Garoppolo signed with the Houston Texans for one year, $6.7 million, right? Well, yeah, or Jimmy signs with the chart, you know, like signs to be somebody's backup quarterback. That's not going to happen. Uh, Cody on YouTube says informal equals trying to gauge where each part is on value. Formal, we're on the same page. We need to figure out specifics. But there's no specific definition of formal versus informal. I'm not sure where we're. What I yeah, I don't even know. We didn't really accomplish much. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was glad to see. Like, I didn't realize Wickersham also tweeted, and then Sando came to his defense. That's I why. Like that. That's why. That's the beauty of a live show is that you get, you know, you you get people who like serve as your, uh, you know, little producers, you know, co-producers. Oh yeah, it's very true. So, but sometimes they also say crazy stuff. Like you guys just see, Jalen Ramsey got traded. To the Patriots for seven ones. And you're like, is that crazy? And then you look and you're like, no, that used to happen. It feels like that happened more back a couple years ago than it does now. We're like, it was like just a bunch of versions, of like a fake out. Maybe that used to happen. I used to do those periscopes and I would see just craziness. People like, trying to get just, you to respond. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it was always fake. Uh, Mark Davis, John spoke to uh, the media for 11 minutes wearing a backpack. And uh, I don't know if he's got t- tax. Somebody asked, what does he have in the backpack? I said, iPad. A book. Oh, I thought you meant like noise Albert Breer asking that when he was sitting no, there. Noise canceling headphones for sure. Uh, some snacks. Pretty wild. I mean, it turns out the people that fired Middlecoff from the radio station. You were collateral damage. Not officially fired. He's never been fired. For those of you new I've been to the twice. show, 2016, we worked at a radio station. Contracts were up. We had a feeling it was over. John was doing the Raiders postgame show. They weren't happy with some of his negativity on the postgame. Kept it. Keeping it real goes wrong, basically, is the story. Yeah. With John Middlecoff's end at 95-7 the game. And uh, one thing leads to another, and we do a radio show on a Monday, and then next thing I you know, the, the show's over. Which, again, we weren't surprised because John Lund had gotten some – John Lund had heard some some 
some whispers. Well, Haberman had also found on the internet this story about the guy they were going to hire to take over for us, printed it out, and then... I think uh, somebody sent it to me. I didn't find okay, it. Okay, someone sent it to you, printed it out. We went into the boss's office, which it's weird even saying the word boss for this guy. It makes me cringe. Yeah, tell the story. This story needs to be... We tell the story like... And we threw it down, months. and this guy is now still an employee. He's, like, He's still an employee for the Raiders. Haberman slams it down. We both sit down on these chairs. He is just shell-shocked. Doesn't know what to say. You know, this is the guy that clearly, I mean, that was probably two weeks before, you know, it was right going to happen pretty yeah. soon. And it was just silence. It was very awkward. And it was clear that, uh, you know, that it was over. We didn't know when. He was like, uh, John, we'd like to keep you on maybe as a contributor, but we'll work yeah. for the same salary. Yeah, for the same salary, throwing out numbers, just a bunch of bullshit. I mean, I was fucked. Best thing that ever happened to us now, we're sponsored by the number one uh, vodka in America. You know, I don't even think there's an independent podcast in California, sports wise, as big as us. But I'm not triggered to brag, or it's all worked out well. Yeah, don't be fooled by our uh, <laughs> our our, our uh, furniture. <laughs> yeah, this is that couch I got. I think at uh, Mancini's. It's actually pretty sweet. Uh, it's going well, thanks to all of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But yeah, so it's uh, the main guy, Mark Davis, was asked yesterday because when the story broke that he lost his president before training camp, it was pretty weird. And then when it was like there's accounting irregularities, I think we all thought, did Mark Bedane, the guy that got me fired, kind of you fired too, but again, you weren't actually fired. Semantics. We got did, paid he, out. did he was stealing money? Because remember, there was a story a couple years ago with the Sacramento Kings guy that he was stealing money. And I was texting with someone close to the Kings yesterday. I said, you know, a main difference is why I don't think Mark Bedane was stealing. And what did Doug Christie say? Well, he was, that guy, remember part of that. Did you ever read that ESPN story on that president? Yeah. He did. He only made a couple hundred grand, and he thought he was worth like millions of dollars to the company. I, what do you think, Mark? But if you just take an educated guess, Mark Bidet in the last five years, being the president of the Raiders, doing this, what his salary was? Seven figure guy. You would think he was making a lot of money. Yeah, he, maybe in his mind he was underpaid, but I don't think it's shocking to say he made over seven figures the last several years. Now that he, even if you're making a million dollars, you can still think you're underpaid. Do you think he was making a million dollars to be the president of the Raiders as they were moving? I, th- I would say most. I think most presidents in the NFL make two to four. Like you run a billion dollar I know, operation, and you run a lot of other businesses though. That's them. part of it, but they don't. I. Uh, but he did help with the. He was the point guy for the move. Yeah. Yeah, he might have been making seven fifty. But my point is, he was making a decent amount of money. Now, in his mind, he still might have been underpaid. But I, clearly, to me, if let's say he was stealing, like that was part of this, he would have been arrested, right? You're saying if he was like, quote unquote, overpaying taxes, embezzling money, he would have gone to jail. They were. And I think the reason any team, right, if you're John Mara, if you're Jerry Jones, even if you're the best business guy, Bezos, you are not going through line by line the items for your business. There's a reason any businessman will know. Hell, you and I know you're very dependent on your accountant for questions. So when he says something. You give him, oh, that sounds great. You don't actually know. Now, legally, he once he signs, he's also liable, so it's like why he doesn't do. They were, under Bedane's watch, overpaying Oakland and talking to Romanowski. And Mark Davis's face, he refused to say it. And Romo told me today, he's like, I think it was a lot of money. Clearly, Mark's face in the interview yesterday when he was doing the interview with the backpack, he didn't act like we overpaid him hundred grand a year for five years, right? To me, the face... I'm going to take an educated guess, $50 million, maybe $8 million over an eight-year period. That would be 64. But, I mean, it's a lot of fucking money. And then they asked him, like we all think, if you ever overpay, in California we get taxed a lot, 
you get a refund, right? You know, if you overpay, you might get four thousand or ten thousand. That's what I was saying. You guys didn't catch it, exactly. But but you don't catch it when you get a refund, like your personal taxes. I don't catch it. They catch it. They send me a check back. Well, no, the the state or Fed catches it. Yeah, right? yeah. But I'm saying I overpaid you by eight million. Nobody caught it. One, well, and then it's it's not refundable. So he fired them for basically. I mean, it might be that they the overpay was they didn't take some. You know, discounts they could have taken, right? Yeah, who who knows? Whatever it is, they screwed up a ton of money for a team that isn't now Jerry Jones. I mean, Robert Kraft, uh, Steve Ballmer, flush guys would have been furious. This is unacceptable. You just can, on principle, you can make a mistake. Like I would imagine, when you say most, if you just took the average Fortune 500 company, have they screwed up a million dollars here and there over the years? Probably, probably, right? But consistently. <laughs> During the move, and when Mark said, "Does this go back to Oakland?" He's like, "Yeah, it started in Oakland. They were paying when they were in well, Vegas." Because the, the reason it came up is because he's like, "We can't get our money back because the statute of limitations has expired on some of it." Well, so they're like, "Well, you haven't been here that long." Well, don't you think maybe some outside counsel started looking at it and they're like, "You guys are." Well, I up think here. they moved. There's now a lot of other people invested in the Raiders. The league is invested. The casinos are invested. The, the, the Las Vegas <laughs> is invested. And there's you probably. If you're going to take – if someone's going to give you a bunch of money, they want to see what you got going on. What would you say the number one industry of balancing books is? I would say the casinos. <laughs> so there's a good chance maybe their main partner with the casinos is just an educated guest. They bring them in to help, right? Hey, let's help you out. You got more money. Or, or something like – maybe they just don't even bring in help. They have to bring I them. think it's like – And then they go, uh, what the fuck? And Mark goes, what the fuck? And then they fire everybody. And it, Mark gave him like, listen. Mark goes – what? Do you give him credit for doing this? I, I, again, like I, life's so good for us. I get, I didn't even get any joy, like even seeing that. Like it's funny, but it's like, whatever. The guy, the guy's an idiot. You know, the guy is, you, you get that on your resume. If you're a business guy, on your resume, you lost an NFL team that you ran X number of millions. You are a walking red flag. That's like a player that hits a woman or something. You know, it's like, you don't, that's his job. Like, what am I hiring you to do? Like, what's your role? You're a numbers, you're a business guy, and you fucking lose me money? Be like, you're a talker and you can't talk. And not lose money from like, uh, we just made, you know, we we rolled out this fan experience thing that nobody paid money for. Or some right? It's, yeah. It's like literally, it was just the numbers, apparently. Um, I do think it's also a lesson to Mark Davis. Like this organization for a long time was run by just basically promoting people from within and hiring people, you know. Well, Romo was like, "Yeah, I think uh, George Blanda's kid was playing. A, was their controller?" It's it, it the it was very mom and poppy. Yes, and I know because it's which is normal in the sixties and seventies. And, there, and, and there's something great to be said for having an organization that promotes from within. That's ideal. If the environment is one that breeds you know, competition and growth and personal evolution and you're on the cutting edge and the people that you promote from within learn from somebody else that was on the cutting edge. That's not historically been, I would say the environment there. And again, it's part of what makes them different. And I do truly just as a human being appreciate it. But the lesson to Mark Davis is your next president can't just be somebody, you know, now, if you interview a bunch of people and the guy you've got is the best one for the job, fine. If you interview a bunch of people and the guy and 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 coach B is the best coach for the job, fine. But you know, I get it. When you don't, when you're not in that world, it's daunting, it's hard, it's easier just to keep status quo. I do think you have access though 
in an industry like this to place a couple goals. I don't know, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft. Do you? Because you're calling them all out. Well, to me, they want to help. As funny as that part was about him making fun, he did go rogue a little bit. And I saw a couple people, maybe it was a sports business journal, like, you can't, like, you're already, they don't like you. And maybe he just thinks it doesn't matter. Now, he, he is a little throwback. Like, he did call them out for the Washington football team. To me, which you know, you what Breer wrote, he's like, we got like a, we got 260 pages on Deflate Gate, we got 130 pages on Ray Rice, we've got X amount of pages on whatever. That's what Mark said to him. No, 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 that's what Breer wrote. Oh, yeah. So I just, and he did drop a line like, "We're the Raiders, we're used to it," you know. Which is when I when I did Raiders post game, one thing I hated it was like this, this poor, this like victim mentality, yeah. and I'm like, I, I can't do this. And it's probably why I didn't last long with the with the owner and the president because I didn't think like that. That's not how, you think Jerry plays victim mentality or Robert Kraft. They play big boy fucking money flows. And I think the Raiders and Mark, in fairness, it's all he knows. I think it's going to be very very difficult, which is sad because I, I was even bullshit with Romo this day. It was like God, they look good. I'm like, yeah, they fucking they're five and two. They are they're pretty equipped to not just make the playoffs, but like. It's not inconceivable that in the first round they're favored in a game. Like they have a good team. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard. They might be a two seed. It is hard. Technically, they are. Well, the Bengals are the one seed right now. It's hard to overcome your franchise for a lot, for sustained. The, the thing that sucks about it is I do think he's right. They, I like, he's not he, wrong. They want me out. Like, he's not wrong. He didn't say that explicitly. But when he says, like, yeah, this is part of the deal with the Raiders, I, he's right. They don't he's, treat he's not him equally. Wrong. Yeah. Um, so he's got to overcome that. But I think part of overcoming that is going from outside your organization, hiring people who have had success somewhere else. It's scary. You don't know them. And that's challenging. But who's but, giving you recommendations? But that guy, I would say the bigger you get in any business, especially if it's not just like a community only business, you are going to hire people you've never met. Yeah. Before. But I mean, you have you were, to. you've been hired to a job. I've been hired to a job. We never knew but a soul. You as the boss have to have the skill to filter through everybody and go, that's the person. Do you know what you're looking for? Well, or you, you need to hire someone two. that can do. Well, that. you got to start somewhere. I know <laughs> they are. They're just, they that's, got problems. And that's where you call Ron Wolf, right? That's, that's how you, but like, to me, it's like, you might be a little lucky. Maybe may but, but again, like, Mayock, and even if they keep those, those guys are football people, right? Right. This is not. This is about the money. This is about dealing with the league. Like that's not his job, right? That's John Snyder and Pete don't have to deal with that, right? Andy and Veach, they don't even have to think about this shit. Their owner just goes to the owner meeting, comes back, and there's like, "How's it going?" And we're like, "We got Mahomes locked in, right?" Or going to Pete, they're like, "Fuck, one more week and Russell's going to play." There's all they do when I was with the Eagles. That entire upstairs, which was scouts, coaches. The only thing we ever talked about was football. Now, that involved money. That's all like, we talk about. How too. much was this signed guy? But it was like Don Smolinski, the president, he dealt with the accounting, with Taylor Swift concerts. Like, how are you going to worry about that? John Lynch doesn't worry about that, right? Now, occasionally they might send you to something, but I think the Raiders still operate where it's all like under one umbrella. And it like this does impact the Raiders. Well, it does. And that's where I think like being a really good football team this year, maybe it opens the door for somebody who wouldn't otherwise take the job going and being in Vegas opens the door. Like somebody who wouldn't otherwise consider what well, you know we've said a long time, guy. If they became available, they would have I, I can't even I'm not imagine. talking about buying the team. I'm talking about helping like, them out. Getting a coach that you don't have to overpay to be there. 
getting a president that has options and well, takes your job. Well, think about this again. Aren't they surrounded by several major companies? MGM, Bellagio, those might be under the same umbrella, but three or four of the main yeah, casino companies. Yeah. Who do they fucking hire? Right. I mean, what's uh, the George Klyovkov. Yeah, but aren't there like probably five or six guys like that? Sure. So you could just, hey, you know what I've ran? I started at uh, KPMG, but I've been working for MGM in the last 10 years in seven different capacities. In events. Yeah. I run a company. This building alone generates $2 billion a year. Every day, I'm just throwing out random numbers. $78 million comes through under my watch every day. Right. I'm you. All I, I know I is money. I Celine and Garth. All I know is money. And I paid them $35 million to do it. I would say the money capital of the world, it would probably be like Silicon Valley or New York, just when you think banks or fucking tech. But when you think Vegas, really the the, the root of what Vegas is. Those is money machines. Money. Like, just money. Money. And accounting, when you're that much money's coming in and out. Important. Can you imagine in the accounting that's there? Accounting irregularities. I see on your, your, your resume here, accounting irregularities. Now, the one thing I would, you know, take a little joy in, just the reaction. The first time whoever the outside counsel came Found in it. and circled and then took it to Mark. Like, hey, Mark, you have overpaid $67 million the last seven years. I don't care who you are, Jerry Jones, Mark. That is a rea- Guy Haberman, John Middlecoff. That reaction, hearing a number that I'm sure is astro- – that's a big number no matter who you are. You just overpaid, and I've looked into it. We can't get it back. You are so That'd be angry. the worst. Like, all right, but we can get it back, right? Ugh. Yeah. You know the anger, like when you're a kid and you get in trouble at school and you come home and your parents are really mad at you? I would multiply that by like 700 times. And just the in that building, everyone's on it. People don't even quite know what's going on. And then Mark finds out he fucked up. But all you've never <laughs> wanted to do is you just never wanted to fire anybody. Now you have to fire multiple people. I would say this for Jed, and listen, they've been an embarrassment at times. There were some tweets yesterday you forwarded me of times after Tom Sula. <clears throat> they were every bit as laughing stock as the Raiders at different oh, times. Oh, the, the, some of the Lowell's greatest hits? Yeah, Lowell's greatest hits with Jed arguing about Tom Sula and Balky and even the chip year. I will never pretend that their lows haven't equaled some of the Raiders' lows in terms of football, the laughing stock in the league. Pete Carroll turned down. But when it came to money, when it came to money, they hired elite guys. Yeah, you know, didn't yeah. they hire the guy, the Google guy, before and Parag? You know, Parag was the younger guy. Oh, helped build the stadium. What was the guy's name? Gideon You. Gideon You. I mean, yeah. Mark, you just need to go hire a fucking Gideon You. Yeah, you think you know some people? Butcherbox.com/slash/ham and another special deal: free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional twenty bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. 
I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I had something else I was going to mention on that, but whatever, we can move on. They do. I mean, who did the Braves play this week? No, Bye. I'm kidding. Bye. Bye. I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm disappointed that they're not playing this week. Uh, I kind of like the. I just want to. I want to watch Chargers Pats. Uh, what else interests you? Belichick and Herbert. That's a good game. Remember last year was a game. I think they beat them like forty-two to nothing. Yeah, <clears throat> they had like two special teams touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns. Sneaky, just good test. I think it's a five and a half game. Five and a half is the spread. Mm-hmm. Five. New England plus five. I heard it's, so, it's in LA. I heard someone drop this nugget. Herbert's never lost to the same team twice. It was like he's been in the league like eighteen games. It's a great stat, and a lot of those I think are divisional games. But it is just you know he's still a really young quarterback. The Patriots are three and four. Must win game for Mac. Jones. I wouldn't say they got their swag back, but I mean they played the Jets. They did just win like fifty-eight to twenty. Yeah. Do you think the Patriots can win this game? 
Chargers coming off a bye. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they, I think they could. Brandon Staley gives me a lot of confidence. Brandon yeah. Staley gives me a, a fair amount of confidence in the Chargers. Um, you I, know, I don't. I just think he's going to look really good on TV. CBS, I imagine it's Romo, Nance. Is it four twenty-five game? I think. Yeah. It's the afternoon okay. game. I yeah, I don't think it's Chief, possible that the Patriots win night. the game. I don't know. The Chargers to me have not yet earned just like bulletproof. That's status. what I'm saying. Yeah, I can see the Patriots win this game. And it could just be like, oh, Bill's got a swag back. He just Herbert worst game in a year and a half. And that would put the, I mean, that would put the Patriots at four and four. And they're just back in the mix. I don't think they'd quite be in it because you know, depending on what happens with the Brown Steeler game. Uh, we're pulling up the standings here. Yeah, the Brown Steelers are kind of right there, but the Patriots could be right there. The Colts sneaky if they win, they're before. Colts four. are favored against the Titans this week. Do you know who the Colts play the next two weeks? Uh, Texans, Jets, Jags. Jags. Oh, so if they win this week, you're going to look up and go, "Wait, Indy's six and four? Yeah, and they've won five straight games, and Carson Wentz is good. And then other people will be like, "You know, they could have won seven straight games. The Raven game, they've been playing good football. I watched them and go, "That's a solid team. I agree. And Car and and, and the thing about Carson, it he actually looks healthy. It's working. He's but he's. I watched him go. He's healthy. He just had double 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 vasectomy. <laughs> double double ankle. Is vasectomy when you get your nuts cut? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I I think they win this week. I think the Colts beat the Titans this week. I think the Titans Titans are hot. They have won at like three straight games. I know, but the tight. I think the Colts are going to run it down their throat. Um, and I just you know I'm still shorting Tannehill. So. Titans fans act like he's a top 10 quarterback. I never watch him and go, yeah, I wish he was a quarterback of my squad. No. Or if I was a GM, like I'd want that guy. Like I'd say he's a poor man's Alex Smith. At, he's, I'd say he's very Alex Smithy, but I like Alex more. But, but, yeah. But, I think Tannehill's a good guy. Like I have nothing uh, against him. He, it feels like Tannehill runs a little faster now. Well, he, I mean, he was a wide receiver yeah. at Texas A&M, but Alex was fast when I think I stepped on the court. Yeah, he was I athletic, think. but I mean, Tannehill's taller and was a wide receiver at Texas A&M. Alex pretty big. You know, Alex is like he's, 64. He's taller than he's the same height as Tannehill. Well, Tannehill looks taller than Alex on TV. Yeah, but I think I've stood by Alex one time at a Raider Chiefs game, and I remember thinking, like, God damn, this guy's way taller than I thought. What else you got? Uh, I mean, DK's banging uh, OnlyFans chicks. So, I, I don't really have much there. But just, I, did you watch her video? I, I watched like the highlight ten seconds of it, where she was mad that he, you know, he got off in five seconds and he went back to play games and he called her after the was it the Monday night game. And so what's on the Tuesday, story? He's at a bar or a club or something. No, Tuesday I think he was just at home and he's like, come. And she lives four hours away. I don't know where she lives. She starts taking off to go see him on Tuesday, his off day. By like 10 o'clock, it's a long trip. He texts it's a like four hour drive. Hour away. He goes, Don't come. But then he said, then No, she, never mind. Then she outs him right there on Instagram. But, wait, wait. But he said, Don't come. And then he said, No, never mind. You can come. I got some she other girls. Over. I'm trying to get yeah, two, two other girls yeah. for a foursome. And she was offended by the foursome or mad because she had to drive four hours? I think she was both. She was offended that she wasn't the only one coming for four hours. And then like, no, I'm not going to be your add on to the foursome. Even though that wasn't get, We haven't got a, you know, verified that she didn't make it there. I just love when you get the video and it's like, okay, so DK just texted me. And then she goes, let me, you guys, let me know if you want me to post the conversation, which of course people want you to post the conversation. I, I, I think these guys. If you go on Instagram and you get with a quote on Insta thought or whatever they're called, and you're doing that, and they've been doing it for years, 
you still can kind of do a what now? Well, like if you just get some like Instagram models oh, you're banging on the side, she's also kind of doing it. So you can out her if crazy shit's going on. But, but she doesn't I, care. No, but I think some of these guys, she's an OnlyFans chick. Right. I think some of these guys realize like Instagram's for the minor leagues, bro. Go to OnlyFans. It's basically just going to like a porn site and getting them to come right over. And it works. Like he got her. She came. Like I mean, the, he is DK Metcalf. I'm not sure everyone can pull it off, but no, not everyone can. <laughs> like, hey guys, I got the plan for you. Hey, Middlecoff's gonna go to OnlyFans tonight. He's gonna DM 17 of them and see what happens. Probably none. <laughs> Just depends what you offer. I think an underrated thing that's happening right now in pro sports, the NBA has to be eating OnlyFans alive. <laughs> oh my god. I wonder, do you think there's a work shortage? Well, because remember when they went to the bubble, the I don't think OnlyFans was quite up and running then. Remember, they brought all the Instagram people. And it was like, you had to verify that you have known her for more than six months. Like, oh, my God. These guys were bringing With what? Some documentation? Yeah, random chicks. Poor DK. Is is this OnlyFans.com? Is that just a website? Is that that a website? I haven't heard heard about it. (laughs) I don't know. Never been. Insta Thought? Is that what it's called? I think they just call it those type chicks thoughts. Gotcha. You know, like tater, not tater tots, but thoughts like T H O T S. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Andrew said. Someone said that I, uh, how do you say Kayvon's last name? Thibodeau. Yeah. Cause someone's said, like, I'm from New Orleans. You're saying his name wrong. Oh, you said Thibodeau. A lot of people, they actually, they're, yeah. is he from New Orleans? Uh, he's from Southern California, oh. but I mean, any, it's a Southern, Fran- last name. you know, that yeah. French, that's French Riviera. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a Riviera. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Thib- Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau. Somebody got you got mad at you about that? No, they just no, they weren't even mad. They're just like, hey, be careful. His name's TH. Uh, you so know what? Is Tom Thibodeau same thing? Bad teammate. Tom Thibodeau, yeah. Yeah. Probably. You know what I heard about I Kayvon? I asked a buddy, I'm like, number one lock, just a scout in the league. He's like, you know, really good player, plays really hard, very talented, smaller, lower. <laughs> Little skinnier, or lower. He's like you know, c- compared to Miles Garrett or Chase Young. He's huge, but he's smashed. Yeah, he he wasn't hating on him. He's just like he's gonna get compared to like. There's been a run of like five years, right? Of the Bosa's, right. Garrett, and they're just like you know, skinnier, lower half. Yeah, thinner. And you see that when he plays. He's a, he's long. Yeah. Again, he's going, playing with an ankle sprain. He's going top two. I, I I don't even know who would go above him, but. Uh, by the way, since you're going to the Oregon State Cal game, and I'll be watching, and we're big Oregon State, uh, we're very pro. So yeah. they take off the blades on that, right? Uh, yeah. Turn over chainsaw. Yeah. This guy Jack Coletto, piece of history. I got a little trivia question for you here, John. Um, you people will like the answer. The trivia question is very hard. So there's this guy that plays at Oregon State. He's pictured on the YouTube. He has. He started as a quarterback. Then they moved him to linebacker. But now he plays some fullback. He's got five. He plays linebacker. Last week uh, in their win against Utah, he had a touchdown scored, touchdown catch, and forced a goal line fumble on defense. Punched the ball out on the quarterback. Uh, he has um, he has a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and an interception this year. Pick six? No. Just an interception. He's got five touchdowns this year, second on the team, only 16 What carries. position does he play? Like if I watch Linebacker him. or like – H tight end fullback. He goes both ways. That's what I'm saying. When she, when he was on Pac-12, when I turned it on and Ashley was talking, I thought he was the quarterback because he's wearing number 12. So and I'm like, I didn't realize the, his quarterback looks so big. And he has the wristband. He started as a quarterback. Now he plays linebacker. So this guy's an NFL player. I mean, he's huge. I don't know what, if he's great at anything in particular. But someone's going to draft him like seventh round to play special teams or something. I mean, why not? So here's the trivia. He's got a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, an interception this year. The last there's been one other player in the last 25 years to have a rushing touchdown or receiving touchdown and an interception in the same year. 
What school? Rutgers, 2010. McCourty. No. Ray Rice. No. Uh, Currently in the NFL in on the 49ers. Greg Schiano. <laughs> Muhammad Sanu. Played wide or corner? No, I don't know. I don't know how he got his pick. Honestly, maybe it, did, was a, it could have been a, you know, maybe it was a Hail Mary. I don't did know. Did you know Muhammad Sanu went to records? No. <laughs> they think he had some pretty good, like Ray Rice, the McCourty twins, Kenny Britt, Muhammad Kenny Sanu. Kenny Britt, yeah. Remember anyway. we went in and beat him in 09. I do remember that. Uh, I, another little thing that flew under the radar, I think, I think it was Joel Klatt said on Coward's TV show, like, uh, you know, some people think maybe Matt Rule's not made for the NFL, but maybe he's fine. We'll see. Like, maybe Matt Rule wants out. Interesting. Maybe we signed like a seven-year, seventy million dollars. They've lost four deal. in a row, and they're about to lose five. I think in football, you just question so many things when you lose several games in a row. Like in baseball, like if you went into a random baseball manager's office after like a seven-game losing streak, you might not notice shit. You might go into a, an office like after a four-game winning streak and think, God, this guy's pissed off. In football, you walk into the building, you can just smell it in the air. You're like, oh, they've lost a couple games. Four-game losing streak. Now, I, I follow the Panthers on social media and see, like, he he gives off a little happier vibe when he talks than, like, Kyle can give off a little, like, oh, I think Kyle's the happiest guy. That would be pretty crazy. But I, I say this all the time. The, the difference between the two industries, despite, like, the X's and O's, ultimately you're drawing the same plays, right? I mean, depending on your offense or defense, but an A-gap blitz, an A-gap blitz. A go route's a go route. I do think dealing like, God, these guys don't listen to anything I say. Right? Like, I if you're just Matt Rule and you just go into your defensive back room and you just give them a couple tips, and you're like, I don't think they gave a fucking flying shit what I just said. At least you know when you go, hey, guys, to your to your an 18-year-old, they're just more likely to listen, even in the NIL thing. Yeah. You're just going to listen. Like, there's a chance there are several guys on that team that Matt Rule goes, this guy's one of my better players. I have to use him. And I don't even think he likes me. And I'm pretty nice to him, but he just won't listen to a word I say. He's like, this kind of sucks. He's really not even listening. He's just he's just doing whatever it is that he wants. Or to here's do. another element. Maybe his position coach. What if what if it's not even as much the team? What if it's just as simple as every single day David Tepper brings the dumbest idea to me? And it's like, I can fake it for a little while. This guy's paying me a lot of money, and I'm not an idiot. But I never had to deal with that at Baylor. And guess what? I made $8 million at Baylor. No one bothered me. Right. Could you imagine just – I know you. I'm the same way. Someone bother you every day, uh, and after a while, let's paying you a ton of money. The money is, especially football coach Matt Rule's not like spending it. <laughs> like he's, there's a chance David Tepper's driving him nuts. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I was just it just occurred to me listening to you that gets better when you go college to pro is that you still do a coaches show, but in the NFL you do it from the team facility, probably down the hall. In college, you got to go to like Zeppos, yeah, bowling alley. Pullman, that's where they do it. Yeah. Um, Ed Ogeron went to like, uh, you know, the the gumbo place. Where did Pat Hill do his? I'm trying to remember. I used to not doghouse. Yeah, no. you just go Red, to like one of the local. Yeah, you just read. What, you Red just Wade. go to someone no, who's Red. a partner. What was the place? Andy Reid went to Chickie and Pete's actually. Oh, he did. Okay, but that I would say that was 2008, 9, 10, 11. Like I don't think anyone's going anywhere in 2021. Do you? Not even even pre-COVID. Do you think anyone was going to like a coach's show in NFL in 18? You mean just like did fans like going to it? No, no. I'm saying like 2018, did any – all 32 coaches, did oh. any of them have to leave their facility to go to a restaurant? The money was too big. They didn't need those. Chickie and Pete's. But- well, Chickie and Pete's probably given yeah. Jeffrey Lurie at the time a million dollars. And even they probably paid Andy. Years, you know? Yeah. I bet they paid Andy. 
But now it's like he's so. Why would he do that? Like the money, you wouldn't. Just, would, just it would get ugly. Community. I mean, it would. It gets ugly in college. Right? Hey, hey, Edo, you name. Wish my sister happy birthday. Do you think it's fun? Like I would say, the NFL would be bad. The SEC, some of those places like Florida, like after. Well, they are. They're, Ed's in person at that. Well, thing, I know it? they all are. Even Saban, Lincoln does his like with those guys where they ask him every week. You know, a play. I just Oklahoma always tweets it like they'll ask him a play of like Lincoln game four, uh, K State play seven second quarter. Uh, go break it down on the board. Does he break it down? No, on the board? he oh, has he to talks. remember what the play was. Oh, that's genius. And then he'll go like, okay, uh, down in distance and he'll give him everything except like the quarterback oh, 17. Okay. Jalen hurts. You know, and he, he's never missed. I got to watch those. That it's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. It's I mean, it'd be great content just to make it up. They almost got him the other day. He thought it was gonna because it, it was a throw to like this obscure fullback, but he ended up getting it. He's like, I That's think good. it was I a throw in the that. flat to like Guy Haberman, and, and and it's Teddy Lehman. Remember the linebacker? I think he played for the Cowboys. Is like no. their their like analyst. Uh, on uh, the stream, Zach said, "Y'all COVID test before?" Yes. Um, Andrew says, "Is guy living with John now?" Yes. He moved in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna go do a mailbag for uh, Saturday. Anything else we got to add today? James Franklin's last game at Penn State. <laughs> What's the line on Penn State, Ohio State, by the way? I would guess 15, 20. Is Penn State even good? I mean, they just lost to Illinois and scored 18 points up until the ninth overtime. I think Penn State lost 20 to 18. They scored 18 points. Yeah. Went to nine nine overtimes. I think. Well, they, they scored in the overtime. Once. So they scored 16 points? No. They, they only sc- scored once? No, they 18? went they to were- overtime. It was like 14 to 14. Oh, okay. So they scored twice. There were a lot of – I mean, Illinois actually looked worse than Penn State in the overtime. I think you got to go to college football, right? I would imagine that game is the morning game. Jesus. Can you hire a guy that's a 19-point favorite that's a program that's maybe not better than you, but supposed to be borderline close to an equal than like a a little engine that could? He's not coaching it. You know, Rutgers there. He's a Penn State head coach at a 20-point underdog. Wow. I'm out on that guy. And I have been. His I just, press conference this week was not what He's good. basically said, I'm quitting without saying it. I've been loyal. Which, I mean, there's no good way to leave when it comes out during the year that you're a candidate. SC kind of firing their coach made it hard on some of these other guys. Why doesn't he start next week? He'd not, he wouldn't come in losing yeah, the so game. Yeah, so what's by- the scenario? If he... He's still in the contract, right? He has one more year. His buyout's only $4 million. So could there be some agreement where it's like, SC's not going to pay the buyout, but Penn State's going to... If, you know, if you know he's gone, don't you just want to, hey, can we come to an agreement and go our separate ways right now? Yeah, the one thing is if you're Penn State, like you do want to win football games just because it... Well, now your season's you kind of derailed. Money. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is like just... Oh, to keep people coming to the games. Yeah, keep people coming to the games. We'd like to get to a good bowl game. We make money that way. You like know. even a bad if we go eight and four, it's still not terrible. Also, like if you're him, like, yeah, my assistant who I'm eventually gonna bring with me is staying behind. It's a weird situation. I guess it got a lot weirder when he recruits co- real. I bet I, I'm guessing his recruiting class is pretty good right now. Well, yeah, State it's like would, top five. Penn State would like for him to keep lying to those guys. Because <laughs> well, the second he goes to SC, now he's gonna try start, to bring some of those. Yeah, guys. so that's why that's why you wouldn't do it if you're Penn State, right? Well, when's early signing day? Like December 15th. But he would already be there by then, probably, right? 
Yeah, but it just gives them more time to start working on guys, getting guys out to LA. Well, because they get a coach then too. Well, Minnesota. Let's say they have PJ Fleck. Yeah, Penn State. They're pretty good. That's Every time I, I look, they're I winning. Have. So if he's going to win, you know, is he would he leave his team before a bowl game if they're like nine and three? Row the boat. What kind of day are you having today? Excellent. Is that what he says? Yeah, it's yeah. something like that. It's he, like it's like you're not allowed to say in the building like, "Hey, how's it going? Good." You have to say like, "Legendary, fantastic, coach." Some some shitty. That's what I do. According, shitty. According to a source, I'm tired. Who worked at the building. Told me you couldn't say you were having a good day. It had to be like whatever their word is. They have some words like amazing. Okay. So. All right. Uh, anything else to add? That's all I got. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Like the video. If you're watching the video, like give it a like on your way out the door. Just right now. Everyone's here. Just bam, 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 bam. Just, just one little click, little thumbs up. Just bam. Just bam, bam. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you were on YouTube. Just go to the video and hit a like. How about that? All right. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.